everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the You Haven't Seen That Movie Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where my guests and I watch a famous movie I've never seen before and discuss it. This week, we're talking about Borat, the cultural learnings of America for make, benefit, glorious <laughs> nation of Kazakhstan. I'm your host, David Lonnie Waters, and in my guest chair today, we have Shannon Bachman. Did you notice that I added like the full name of the movie before you just saw I, that? <laughs> you know, I one night in the days I think I had added the semicolon. Maybe later in no, the document. No, I added it. I oh, added you added? Okay, okay. I was like, I was like, am I crazy I that I did if that? You were or notice it or not? And I knew I was gonna wait until this very moment to ask about it. <laughs> you caught me off guard and I was like, hmm. I know this is like a satirical movie, but no, it definitely real. caught That's me off the guard. the real title of the movie. Oh, though. yeah. No, no. I looked it up yeah. and I didn't see that. So yeah. it is a crazy, crazy movie. And I can only imagine having yeah. this kind of movie and not having something after a semicolon after. That's true. So anyways. Good point. Anyways, sorry. I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> No, it's a good point. Good point. I like it though. Uh, anyways, uh, Shannon, Shannon's a good friend of mine. We, damn, Shannon, Shannon, and I yeah. go way back, way back. Way like, back. Uh, is that a song? No. Oh, okay. I was, I was about to go with it. Like, start snapping my fingers, tapping my feet. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it just felt right to say that. So we've been friends since. I, you know, to be honest, I can't even remember. Like at least high school. I was friends with Crystal, your older sister, in, like, middle school. Yes. But... Oh, uh, okay. And I feel like we were better friends in high school, like you and I. Yeah. You know my favorite story of you? Oh, no. Yeah. Whenever we went to watch Green Lantern in the theater, oh god, which is very relevant to this podcast because it's about movies. <laughs> the Green Lantern one with um, what's oh his my name? God, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, yes. Yeah, um, I know what we, the story is. Pre-pandemic, uh, we uh, we were still in or right outside high school or something like that. I think we were still in high school. It was like a summer afterwards high or, or something, something like that. Yeah. Um but Shannon like picked me up. I was like babysitting for my uncle that night and I was like, "Hey, the kids are asleep. I'm fucking going out." <laughs> <laughs> and Shannon, you had a, you had a problem trying to find and it was like one of those like residential neighborhoods. But this is this is Oh not my god, this. yes. Cuz Crystal the, lived there at one point too. Yeah, cuz she babysitted for her uncle yes. as well, so um, I remember that. I drove by that neighborhood not that long ago. Really? Yeah. I remember you picking me up over there and going to watch the Green Lantern, and you're sitting beside me, and like right around halfway through the movie, <laughs> we picked like one of the side seats on the right, and you came back from the bathroom, and <laughs> I saw you walking up, and you went and sat by like a person two rows in front of me, <laughs> and I was in the exact same place he was, but you, I guess you just didn't notice, and I sat there for like, I was like, is she gonna notice? And I sat there for like, a good maybe two or three minutes. They're like Shannon, Shannon. Like I don't want to be the awkward one to, to say, "Hey, Shannon." I don't want to look like that crazy man who comes and taps on your shoulder and be like, "Hey, you're in the wrong seat." Oh my god! <laughs> I remember sitting there because he had popcorn like you did, and then I like looked up. Thank God I didn't like try to grab popcorn or something. Oh, like, god. can you imagine? He I must remember. have had somebody sitting there as well because he would have been like. 
What the fuck? I don't think Maybe anybody was. was sitting was there. I just like looked up and I realized it wasn't you and I was like, oh, and I <laughs> jumped up real quick. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and you realized your mistake and came back up to me like so embarrassed. Yeah. That was so much fun. It's the greatest story about you, but yeah. Anyway, uh, high school friends, college friends. We we both went to UNT. You started ma- you started your masters, and I went to Denver, and yeah. Now here again, reconnected. I love it. I love seeing you. You're such good conversation, just like Watto is. Yeah. Well, everybody who I have on my podcast, I hate to just single out anybody, but great conversationalist. Wow. <laughs> wow. Are you not going to accept my compliment? Yes, Ouch. thank you. Oh, that's what I like to hear. I just feel like that's such a high standard. No, okay. We were talking about this in the car earlier. The genius status that some people are bestowed with. Yeah. You shouldn't put that on yourself. I don't think of you as... I think you're really, really smart. Yeah. You don't really meet a lot of geniuses. Well, okay. I mean, I guess maybe the smartest people in my life, <laughs> I guess I can say. Yeah, but you didn't mean like people who like you really are scared to just like say a thought in front of. You don't like meet a lot of those people. True. At least not here. Where oh, we are. yeah. No, not Maybe not you do it if you're like at Harvard. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <duh. laughs> I would be questioning my every step, like to class. What I'd be if, like, mm, "Should I? I'm not going to step on that crack. I'm gonna gone break my mother's like, back." Yeah, you what know? if Bora had gone to Harvard or something? What if he'd like? Oh, that would be a good one. Maybe they're going to do a third one. Bora goes to Harvard. I haven't watched the second one. That's a, that's a, a thing to know. Oh, there is one thing that I put here. Is like I love your love of Reddit. I remember a conversation that we had a long. I mean. I can't remember if it was in college or if it was in high school, but you had we had a conversation. You told me that you loved rhetoric and and just something of that nature. I can't remember the conversation specifically, but that that had always stuck with me. And I was like, I love the like underhanded nature of rhetoric. Maybe maybe that's the wrong verb to use, but well. You're a history major, so I feel like that it makes sense that you get that. Like, a lot of those memorable moments in history have, like, significant rhetoric behind them, you know? So I think it it makes sense that you would get that and appreciate that. Because I feel like because you understood that, we were always able to have, like, crazy conversations about, like... I don't know, Plato, or is that his name? Right, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. saying that right. Socrates, like, yeah. just like weird historical people like that, but even like, I don't know. Like, or even like, about TV shows, because yeah. I had written down a little further that you and I share love for like a lot of TV shows. Um, like, I put uh, South Park down. I yeah. love South Park. You love South Park. I love South Park. I, South Park is the master of it. But like Always Sunny is pretty good at it as well. Seinfeld, I didn't write that one down. I don't Seinfeld, think. and have you watched Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yes, I love it. I'm trying. You're to the get, one trying to get Water to watch it, right? I'm trying to get Water to yes. watch it. And I'm trying to get my coworker to watch really? it, and I love there. I was on. I learned of a, a website yesterday that blew my mind. Etsy. You it's just the, it's literally the first time. It's literally the first time that I heard of oh, it. Oh God. 
that and this I kind of fell down the rabbit hole changed. and I, <laughs> I saw a Curb Your Enthusiasm poster that said pretty, 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 pretty good. And I was like, <laughs> I, I need this. I, I saved it immediately. I was like, mm. I but you know, that, that's funny. We need to circle back to that. I just want to say mm-hmm. that now because when you think about that kind of humor, like Seinfeld, Curb, I'm sure there's others, but like that is a lot of what we see like in Borat. Like it's just like, how do you react to Im- improvisation? Is Am I saying that right? Ra- improv. Yeah. How yeah. do you react to improv? Yeah, it's it definitely... Uh, um, we're about to get into it, like your thesis Sorry. and stuff, but like your slant with it, where he, he kind of puts like a message undertone with it. Yeah. And Borat kind of has that undertone uh, of a message while Curb is kind of more, you know, cultivated yes. by by Larry David. And, and like know. the other actors. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, with their you. with their improv yes. with the actors specifically and Larry David who structures it. So Yes. And I think too you were you were talking about going into my thesis and you were talking about so I my thesis was about really analyzing the rhetoric of performance, but using um Sasha Baron Cohen's television show Who is America as like a artifact that I like applied sort of rhetorical concepts too. Okay. Um and so from that, you know, I think I really just took this idea of an anecdote and expanded on it. And I think a lot of times what you see with improv, both like in Curb and in Bora, is like through just like these natural conversations that we have, like stories come from that. And then they become anecdotes right. as like an after effect of like an incident right daily interaction yeah (laughs) Yeah. exactly and so that's what's so interesting to think about how like when you're put in a position like there's so many things that make up who you are and your identity and that's how you react to something and so you never know how somebody else is going to react because they don't have they're not like made up of the the same things as you you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly (sighs) wow that's that's deep that's deep (laughs) That kind of goes into a question that I want to get to later in the show. I I hate to admit that before you came over, I didn't read uh, your whole thesis. I read part. Uh, I read the anecdote page and I read the homepage. But like, definitely like some of the things that you said had definitely like subconsciously I had thought about, but somebody put it to words and I was like, oh, your thoughts paralleled mine in a way. But that's like something that's kind of like magical about like what this sort of rhetoric does right like that Sasha Baron Cohen's doing both in the tv show and in Borat like just the way you see it play out you're like oh that's how that person's reacting to that and I can figure that out because I can see this like stereotype about them and like I know this because I'm associating them with that so of course they're gonna react that way with your thesis, you said you had completed it in May. I was going to ask, did you do a web thesis specifically because of the pandemic? Or was that the original, like, outset? So it was going to be a web thesis before the pandemic, but it wasn't always going to be one. I originally was just going to do, like, a typical thesis, just, mm-hmm. like, paper 
But my advisors were like, you have all of these ideas that kind of have like this string that ties through them, but like they don't necessarily flow as like one cohesive thing. So maybe if you divide them up into parts, it makes it more accessible, more interesting. And I think that's true because like then it's like I had all these videos and like texts I wanted to like incorporate. And so like dividing it up at like made a lot more sense yeah, um yeah i kind of wish i'd known sooner that that's what i was gonna do i think i would have had a lot more things to say and like add on to like i would have loved to have something like this like just mm-hmm. talking about you know the show with other people because i think when you hear something and you hear people talking about something it kind of changes the way you see it more than it does when you just like read about it you know what i mean yeah yeah i I totally agree sorry you get a different point of view you get no you you get a different point of view and that's it's exactly why i wanted to get i didn't want the same person with me every week because i want different points of view yeah Um, i want i what i originally wanted it's not necessarily how i produce the show but how I want it to be is people bring their favorite movies, like their favorite movies, and they let me know about those, and I pick from those. However, you know, I just have that list that I'm sure you've looked at. But, yeah, no, and that's what, that's that's why I wanted to have the rotating guest chair. Yeah, and that makes sense, too, because it's almost funny to think, like, like, you have someone pick their favorite movie or a movie that relates to them somehow. Exactly, but like, so they can bring their experiences in. And somebody else would have, like, completely different experiences, and especially if they didn't, you know, like it for whatever reason. I don't know. I can't mm-hmm. think of a movie on your podcast that I would just be like, oh, how dare you watch that? But I can imagine there's something. I don't know. <laughs> no, and you go into in your thesis a little bit about comedy. Like, you kind of have to suspend that disbelief of, like... The intention is not evil in, I guess, in the pursuit of the laugh. Huh. I mean, I mean, there was a, it was a short paragraph, but. No, yeah, no, no, I, I, yeah, no, I'm well, I would argue Sasha Baron Cohen's intention through his show and his other work, like Borat, like, I would argue that his intention isn't evil. I, don't know that I'd say the same for like all satire. Like, I don't know okay. if I would just say like all satires like out to just be funny or like mm. Mm. it point. doesn't have evil undertones. Like, I mean, you could argue that QAnon is satire in a way. Yes, you could. Yeah. Somebody could argue that. Definitely. I was about to mention Stephen Colbert. At least maybe I'm like. I don't want to like give out my like political point of view, but I, I find his a little bit more wholeheartedness and a little bit more optimistic towards the end. Maybe he goes into a little bit more dire things, but he always has a positive outlook. But however, he also uses that device of satire to get a laugh. Yeah, he is known well for satire. I will suggest that. The positive that you see from Colbert, mm-hmm. you see that more now that he's on like, um, cable network or like, do, what's it I called? I do see it because it is, he, <laughs> maybe with his older show on Comedy Central, but definitely now it's a little bit more produced. Yeah. It, it might have been funny and it might have been like, 
you know, what's the word like not existential? Mm-hmm. Don't cut that out. But what's that word like negative, but not like, uh, nihilist kind of okay. like, okay. I think that's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah. Like, cause oh, nihilism, before, before. Okay. yeah, like okay. on comedy yeah, central, like it's like a nihilism that's funny. It has been a long time since I've seen some of that old stuff of his, so I, I'm sure I used to watch it. We used to go to the library at UNT when we went to college. <laughs> One to play tanks, that game on the web Remember browser. When we got kicked off. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, that was a very traumatic experience for me. I was like, I can't go back to the Willis Library forever. <laughs> But when I would go by myself and you weren't you weren't tagging along and being the devil on my shoulder to play tanks, uh, I would watch uh, Stephen Colbert in the library while I was writing papers and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Like, and I think that's the thing about these people too is like, it's like they're like muses. Like you see the work they're doing, and mm. it's like, oh, that's good. I need to figure out how to make that relevant still right that makes sense good point yeah all right Shannon. let's continue (laughs) Uh, let's see yeah so there was a question i want to come back at the end of the show now when we talk about you know borat more but there was one thing i wanted to point out in your your uh (laughs) thesis you mentioned your hate for cheetos yeah and i could not agree more yeah, and I guess to be clear, we I mean fucking hate Cheetos. I fucking past, hate them. Like people that we refer to as Cheeto, Cheetos. You refer Cheeto to color? lower class people as Cheetos? No, I said in what did I say? <laughs> I, did I love that my hearing's bad because sometimes I get a wild kick I out did of not uh, say that. I what said, I hear. Um, people that are compared to Cheetos. You know, oh, like what they look like, yeah. Like you mentioned, (laughs) oh, I just meant I just generally hate Cheetos. Yeah, I hate the puffy Cheetos. I hate all kinds of Cheetos. Okay, like once in a blue moon, blue moon, I will have one crunchy Cheeto. You know what's good though? What Takis? Not a fan. You're not a fan of Takis? Not a fan. I like Takis. You know what I heard was good? What? Either Takis and yogurt or Takis and cream cheese. I could see it. I was like, cream cheese. Do you like Doritos? No. What about Cool Ranch? Once in a blue moon. Yeah, same. I used to work at Taco Bell and they had those shells. I was wondering, that's why I asked. (laughs) Traumatized. I don't ever want to think of Taco Bell. It's literally, it's like not even two blocks this way, Shannon. The one I used to work at, like two blocks away. <laughs> like, I hate it. I hate it. I don't even want to think about Taco Bell. Don't ask me more about it. No, it isn't a soft spot, Shannon. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, well, David, I was going to ask you what kind of chips you do like, but. What chips? W- wood chips? No, no, I said what chips? Like chips at Taco Bell? No, like what kind of chips generally? Because you're like, I don't like Cheetos, oh. I don't oh, like Takis, I don't like good Doritos. Question. Um, I like the kettle chips. They're mm-hmm. like potato chips, but they're just harder. Oh. Yeah, I just like they those ones, your, like, and they're like... They're, they're hard to chew. They hurt your mouth to chew on. Yeah. Why do you I like I probably those? shouldn't. I do have fucked up gums. 
Why do you like them? I don't know. It's good. It's weird compared Shit. to just regular potato chips. Why are you judging me right now? Because can I like what I like? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> now that you've told me that, <laughs> I'm just really concerned. Yeah, they're not here anymore. But I had like a bag of chips of uh, the kettle ones, but they're like crawfish flavored. I love crawfish. Crawfish. I love flavored. What like brand was that? Who? Brand like Lay's or? Um, it's a brand. It's those ones that do the voodoo chips. It's like a black bag. I would just have to show you. We got them at Target the other day. Oh, Target. (laughs) Is that a slide against Target? No, I love. They have some really nice stuff in Target. I know. It was very sassy. They have bougie. The Target stuff. gods do not like. <laughs> They're gonna up the prices now. Oh, don't do that. Oh, don't do that. Okay, all right. Shannon, other than that's that's you know that's how I know you. I love having deeper conversation with you about deeper stuff that I don't get to have with like. Do you remember going to Eureka Park, though? I feel like we should talk about that. Yeah, we should talk about Actually, and mentioning Taco <laughs> Bell, at the time I quit, I remember walking in one day. Um, oh, I didn't even mean Eureka Park that way. I meant when mean? we were in high school and oh. we used to go to Eureka Park. So there is a park in North Texas that we used to go to. Yeah. And we used to play, what was it? It was Zombie Tag? Zombie, zombie Tag. Zombie Tag, yeah. But everybody everybody talks about that. That's like so cliche, though. Everybody Shannon. talks yeah. about it? Yeah, Shannon, everybody talks Everybody about on it. your podcast or no, in your no. life? No, no. Oh, my God, no. And, like, anybody I went to school with, like, or, like, any, any kid in any school ever has had some type of park that they've gone to and played some type of version of Zombie Tag, be it Zombie Tag or... Uh, that's not true. One versus a hundred or whatever the fuck you want to call it. That sounds like a conspiracy That theory. is not a conspiracy. I've that's heard it fake. too many times to consider it. Too many times from who? Any and all people. I have never heard that. Well, I think you may just have to take my word for it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think I'm going to. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'll. I'll okay. I respect that. I respect that a lot. I just I don't respect think that's that a lot. True. I've never met anybody, and you're telling me everybody. Not Shannon, when I say everybody, that is hyperbole. I mean, I know people who played intramural sports in college. I wouldn't say it's the same thing. Like people going, you know, every Thursday night to their local park and playing Quidditch. That's not the same. <laughs> Do you know I finished Harry Potter? Did I ever finish Harry Potter? No, no, Potter? I said, did, did I tell you that I finished Harry Potter? The books or the movies? No, the movies, yeah. Oh, I was so mess. opposed after the third one. We keep getting off track. We got to <laughs> talk about Harry Potter now. Oh, my Lord. Like I said, I could talk to you forever. Good conversationalist. I love you, Shannon. Okay, sorry. Let's see. Other than that, how are you? I'm pretty good. It's weird, I feel like. Oh, maybe another thing to note. Uh, we went to college together, but Shannon also went into the higher ed industry, yeah. same as I did. We both work in higher ed. That's what I was just about to say. So I think we both kind of get what that's been like. Um, like, I don't know. People view your job as like a cozy office job, but they don't realize like the mental toll people take on you. I do agree. I do agree. When I worked at the registrar's office at UNT... Uh, front desk 
Talk yeah. about brutal. Talk about brutal. I talked yeah. to so many freaking people who so entitled. It's, it's definitely stressed. I want to say that. And then two, there are so many moving parts in a university. It's sometimes hard to keep up. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, at the community college level, yeah. There is oh, right, two, right. You do work at a community uh, college, but yeah, I can't. So I can't imagine at a university level what that's like. Um, you used to work at a university though before you, right? Not doing like administrative stuff. So, uh, were you like a reader grader or something? Yeah, mm. yeah. I worked at a writing center and I worked in a learning center. So (laughs) there's that. Yeah. But I mean, now I think. Tried to hook me up with the job lately. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been fun. You know, you were telling me that you had a whole bunch of old ladies in your office. And I was like, old people love me. They get you. I I schmoozed them in that interview. And then they went with that one girl who had already been there. But honestly, though, I channel some David energy when I'm talking to old ladies. Oh, do you really? Oh, Lord. Oh, oh, Jamie. Oh, sorry. I should have said her name. Cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to believe it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to believe it. She doesn't. She's not going to watch this shit. She ain't going to listen to this shit. No, no, no. I mean, I like the lady, but like, I you can you just know the people you can schmooze, you know? Right, right. And I will say that it's difficult with some people. You just have to be real with them. Like, I feel like I know so much about people because I know in order for them to like me, you just have to like tell them stuff about yourself, you know? Right. Be a little personal. Yeah. Be it fake or not. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm really bad at, like, lying about who I am, so most of the time it's just real, and people are like, oh, you really like Taylor Swift a lot. Mm, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Or like, oh, you watch a lot of Survivor more than the average person. (laughs) Or Bob's Burgers more than the average person. Yes. Yeah, so, but, you know, I don't know about you, but lately, like, so in higher ed, I don't know, like, we've been slower, so whenever students want to talk to me, I'm like, what do you want to talk about? What movies have you been watching? Oh, you're trying to bullshit. (laughs) Like, and I feel like they like it, though. Do you ever do that? Being personal uh, in customer service is always helpful. It helps you connect, but sometimes I've misfired. Really? I've misfired and like trying to get personal. Uh, well, I mean, just asking about their day and they just weren't having it. Uh, they were having a bad day or something. Yeah. And I, like got cut off and I'm killing with kindness. That's kind of how I approach it uh, yeah. a little bit, especially like if they're being mad with me. I'll be like, okay, sir, have a good day or ma'am or sir or whoever, you know. Yeah. I have one dude, he's just stop. I was like, okay, all right. Whoa! Typing on my computer, yeah, you know. Man, I wish I was that bold sometimes. Like, especially when I'm like getting my hair cut, I would love <laughs> to be like, stop, <laughs> stop like, cutting now. Oh no, or like stop talking. You know, how they talk to you when you're getting. Your oh hair yeah, cut. it is awkward. I hate you that just dance. Be like, stop. <laughs> I always try to be cordial, but I do like to be silent during my haircut. Yeah, I like it's like supposed to be peaceful. Right, just wash my hair. I'm gonna close my eyes, lean back. You should just put your AirPods in next time so they shut the. I don't have AirPods. Well, just some type of wireless headphone. Do you have a wireless headphone? No, that's a shame. 
Live in the future, Shannon. Do you know what my fatal flaw as a human <laughs> is? I will um, play like my phone. Like I'll just play it like without. Oh, out loud. <laughs> I used I used to be the same person. I'll do it here. Like when I'm sitting at my desk uh, from eight to five, I'll just uh, when I'm not on the phone. Like our uh, we have a, a virtual office now. When I'm not on the virtual office, I'll, I'll play like a podcast or two. Yeah. Sometimes I re-listen to the podcast after I edit them. Just so I make sure there's no yeah. know, um, problems with it or whatever. And I just, I, yeah. I'm like, fuck, I don't even want to. Like, I have these over-the-ear headphones ones, but I hate putting them on, so I just fucking play it out loud. And yeah. JT's right here. Literally, his head is uh, on the other side of this wall. Does he care? So. He understands. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I do it when I'm just, like, walking down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. I like let, let's get into it. Shannon, have you seen Borat before? I, I I know we were talking about your seasons, talking about Sasha Baron Cohen, but yeah, um, so that's obvious. But uh, the next part is your perceptions. But so before you had watched Borat, what did you think of it? Uh, had you waited a long time, or did you watch it right when it came out? Um, I watched it around the time it came out, which it's been a while now, so that's almost fifteen years ago. If we round up. Um, so it'd been a minute, but I did watch it a little bit more recently since then, like around the time of my thesis. And then I also watched it again more recently, knowing we were going to talk about it. And then I watched it again today. (laughs) So I have seen it quite a few times. Um, I think originally, like, I remember the advertisements for Borat as being, like, this obscene, like, caricature. Like, it seemed like it was going to be extremely fake, like, just stage scenarios. But then you watch it and you're like, it's like the exact opposite of that. Like, maybe not the exact opposite of that, but, like, he is a caricature and... You know, he has these rehearsed lines, but the way the audience reacts is completely unscripted. And it's just so telling of people and our generalizations of people. Right. right. Sorry, I didn't enunciate that word very well. Generalizations. (laughs) We've been talking a lot. Enunciation has been in my vocabulary a lot these last this last week. Yeah. (laughs) It's really crazy. Don't worry about it. Oh my gosh. No, whenever, before I had gone into it, obviously the quote, like, this is such a quotable movie. Like, I think I had said about one movie before this, but literally, I, I don't think I can go a day in my life without hearing somebody, be it myself, somebody that I live with, or you know, acquaintances or whatever, or even people in general public, like you're like very nice, like yes. often like like the middle of Walmart or whatever. <laughs> and I just I had to giggle to myself because I I knew I knew of the movie and I knew how funny it was. And yeah. I realized how funny everybody else thought it was. And I just being a sheep, I went along with it. And uh but you know, um it was it was quite fun to to watch all of that kind of sync up uh, with the movie, but I've written down something else. It's like I knew that Sasha uh, Sasha Sasha. It's okay. It's pronounced Sasha. Okay. I was like when I saw the C, I was like, I've been saying that wrong. I feel like an asshole. No, no. I think it. 
Yeah, no. Just know if somebody corrects me, I'm throwing you under the bus. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I I knew that Sasha as a figure, he like pushed the borders of taste. You kind of mentioned it just a second ago, like kind of pushed the, well, maybe not this part specifically, but pushed the, the borders of taste for comedy's sake. But over time, for me, I started to believe that he was trying to elicit some type of message. And then whenever, you know, your thesis came out, and I had said it before, like, I kind of had something to... I saw a parallel with our thoughts, in a way. So I was like, you know, I kind of equated a little bit to not the Jackass movies, but the movies that came afterwards with just Johnny Knoxville, where it has a story... But they incorporate the skits as scenes. So, like, we'll go over the plot, but, like, especially when they were in that hotel and they start fighting, the producer and Borat start fighting, and they go into that conference, that business conference in the middle of that. That's something the jackass people would do, just go into the middle of this public place and, and, you know, do this type of shit. So that's why, you know, I was talking about it earlier. I equated to something of that nature. Okay, okay. I really didn't see where you're coming from earlier. I do now. Okay. I think, you know, what's interesting is that you say he pushed the borders of taste. That's so interesting to me because I feel like as you describe those things, they're definitely pushing in different ways. Right, and which is this? Oh, I was really interested in this. Who is America? Whenever I was reading it, because I had never, I had never heard of the show before. Yeah, that. and I had watched a clip before you came over about. I can't remember the guy's name. It was something Spencer. Yeah, Jason Jer- Spencer. Jason Spencer right. was a representative. Please from- stop this podcast and go to YouTube and type in. Jason Spencer, who is America, and please watch this clip. It is probably the funniest three minutes of my life, especially the last part. He basically, you know, uh, I mean, trigger warning. (laughs) Yes, trigger warning, definitely. (laughs) But pause. I'll let you watch it. Shannon, let's take a moment of silence, just like we did at the beginning of the movie or beginning of the movie. What am I talking Uh, about? Okay, but I have to add on. Okay, now that you've watched the movie or watched the Jason Spencer, who is America, now I can talk about it. What the fuck is up with him chasing Borat or, or the the Sasha around with his butt? Oh my god! So that that scene, that scene of that show, is so messed up. But it's so important to me because that scene, I emailed my professors and I was like. Look, I need to write about the show. The show is t- doing and like eliciting all these things that I want to write about. Like, this is what my thesis needs to be about. My professor emails me back and she's like, I think maybe we need to like meet and talk about this. Like, I'm not sure like what you're doing here. And so won. we meet mm-hmm. and I'm like, y'all need to watch this clip. Y'all need to watch this clip of Jason Spencer and Sasha Baron Cohen as Ron Murad or whatever uh-huh. his name uh-huh. is. And like, see what he does and tell me that that is not like the craziest rhetoric you've ever seen in your life. Seeing like somebody fall for that <gasps> shit. It's <sighs> like, Oh, I don't want to necessarily say fall. 
because he did it willingly. Yes, that's so valid. Um, but to just be persuaded, like it's persuasive comedy, I feel like. And I feel like, too, that is a good way of looking at the difference between like what Sasha Baron Cohen's work does and what Jackass does. Like Sasha Baron Cohen's work at the end of the day, it's persuasive. Jackass, it's still rhetorical. Don't get me wrong, but like their end goals are not to like inherently persuade. They're to be like, this is comedy, which you know what I mean? Like, well, can well, I can I ask what you think the rhetoric joke is of Jackass? Maybe maybe not overall, but maybe something in particular. I don't I don't know what you were going for. I feel like with Jackass, it's like the. Uh, it's like the Joker of like a uh, like a royal. You know what I mean? Like in royalty, you have like the king and queen, and then you have the Joker, okay. the jest. It's the jest. Okay. Like that's okay. like the gesture okay. is like what's right. comedic, and I think you know that's okay to have that be your goal. Is you know to get the laugh or to have somebody have the laugh like. Right. That can be your goal, but I feel like Sasha Baron Cohen, he's doing that, but then he's wanting to say something more with it, and I don't mm-hmm. think we get that from Jackass. Maybe right. I'm wrong. I'm right. not that familiar. Maybe you're out there like, no, Jackass changed my life. Like, it oh saved god. me. Oh my um, god. If you're one of those people, email me. I'll, I'll get you some help. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you think Borat saved you, if you're also okay, but... <laughs> also email me. <laughs> I think that you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, hopefully. No, totally, totally. You want to know a funny story about that? Jackass 3 was the first R-rated movie that my dad let us older kids go see Is together. that the one with the penis? And it flies through the air. Okay, that's one of the first rated R movies I saw, too. Really? So that's oh hilarious. Oh, right. We're right around the same age. So, yeah. <laughs> I remember taking our dad to a movie theater in McKinney and watching it. I've gone to the movies a lot in my life. There's a lot of stories tied to the movie theaters, but that going to see that one with my dad was interesting. It, I I had a great time. I didn't feel awkward at all, but I think they did. <laughs> my my sisters and my dad did. I was just like, I had a good time. It was a good movie. I'm not gonna Stupid, lie. But- like it's kind of blowing my mind comparing Jackass to this. Like I I've know of it i watched the show and i recall seeing the third movie Mm -hmm. i don't know if i saw the others but like you're right like just the similarities and what they both do like with their stunts like i don't know i just had not thought about that until you brought it up i guess maybe i started on that train of thought with the stage nature of each encounter or scene of the movie that's how that thought train started and then you kind of I thought about it more, but you know, you kind of expanded. So yeah, yeah, no, good, good stuff. So yeah, let's let's talk about the plot. So Borat starts. It's like a like a like a tape of like what was it? Ministry of Information. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh lord, oh this is gonna be good. And it had like those that black subtitle text, bold text or whatever. And I was like, oh my god, this is. I always. When I see that text, I always think of like redacted documents, yes. uh, governmental documents, and oh, I was like, "Oh my yes. god, they're like pulling this!" Like, <laughs> oh my god, ten out of ten. That's and, so uh, true. 
it starts out you meet Borat, you meet the country uh, or like the town he lives in, the Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan uh, real country. Uh, he says something about Uzbekistan being assholes, and yeah. I was like, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I meant to look that up, but I never did. <laughs> I know they have some type of beef really? uh, in history, but I, I couldn't point to anything specifically. But uh, <laughs> he said they're assholes. <laughs> 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 so that was a nice first laugh but that probably one of my favorite parts of that first you know he goes through a lot of characters in the town but my favorite is definitely his neighbor that he hates yes <laughs> and he has Bora has a clock radio and his neighbor doesn't and he rubs it in his face <laughs> and this dude just looks like the saddest piece of shit ever <laughs> and I thought it was so funny yeah um, uh, what do you think of that first part channel yeah I think that scene it just like really sets a tone and like I don't know I like how it's like this is what typical people who are gonna watch a movie called Borat would think of a town called Kazakhstan like this is what they would think and so this is how I'm gonna show it to them and when he like walks by the child and he's like the town rapist <laughs> do you remember that? Yes. Like yes, a tiny child who you know doesn't understand English and is just like weird <laughs> uh, I mean that could have been a like a, you know, uh, what do they call those people who just uh, are just like in the background uh, of movies? I know what you're talking about. What's that word? Like a not a stand-in, but like a no, no, yeah, no stand-in. Like a extra, extra, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh. that's how all of the people feel. Or like extra is that? Yeah, I'm sure they were excited to uh, like talk about. Um, when he plays ping pong. <laughs> yeah. He's like stuff to do in, in Kazakhstan. He plays ping pong. He goes in, goes on the beach or something. He goes on the beach and he's yeah. like. And shows, oh God. Shows some. I've seen, I've seen that V. Uh, yeah. The, or Timeless. Before, but I didn't know where. I, I don't know if it, that came from that. But, uh, Surely. I mean. I don't know either. Otherwise, uh, my (laughs) other favorite part in that beginning part is like when he was finally getting in the car to leave, and that kid in the—if you go back and watch the kid in the front seat—is like he's steering the car. He also has a cigarette in his hand, and the heart, like the the camera is panning from him in the back, Borat in the back seat, to the kid, to the horse that's drawing (laughs) the the, car, (laughs) still steering. Like what the fuck is this? Uh, so yeah good part good start Uh, it it really like you said it really does set the tone for the movie it kind of I don't know it just sets it up for laughs like this this is how this guy interprets the world his world and now we're gonna go and throw him an even crazier world right good thing to note that he is he was like I which I didn't know before that he is a reporter yeah and I thought I thought he was just some type of random man who wanted to go visit america like you know but now now that i have the context like he's a reporter for the government or whatever he's just like make it better right like what's the full title uh, of the movie um the full title cultural learnings of america for make benefit glorious nation of Kazakhstan. yeah so it's like he wants to go and learn about america's culture so that he can bring it back to kazakhstan to make kazakhstan great basically borat is out to make kazakhstan great again <laughs> uh, uh, what event uh what event prompted them to 
to send him because I remember something had something happened. happened. Maybe it was the raping of <laughs> that guy. <laughs> That's awful. I know, I know. It's a fucked. It's fucked up, but yeah. Okay, so he leaves the country or whatever, and I remember the first thing was the hotel scene. He tries to take off his clothes in the elevator. He thinks the elevator is his hotel room. Yes, yes. I won't. I won't get a smaller room. <laughs> I get. I don't know if I was that like bow boy or whatever. I'd be like, dude, like I can't deal with this. Like I'm gonna have to ask like one of like the maids to take him to his room. It's like I can't really. I gotta go back down the desk. Come on. Oh, Chill out. <laughs> he shows me on too much. When he finally gets to his room and then he sits in the chair, that scene reminds me of you for some reason. Like, when he sits in the chair and he's like bouncing up and down, like, right, oh, right. He doesn't I remember. say, I'm king of the world. He says, Oh, king else. of the castle, king <laughs> of the castle. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That reminds me of you for some reason. It's because I do that motion that he does. I do that same motion. That's why I know. I know it's exactly King of the Castle. Anyway, I do that same motion, but I don't do it to that. Uh, man, fucking mind is a wonderful thing. Um, okay, so next, I remember. I can't remember what happened at the first part. I kind of tried to focus in on the start of the movie but towards he gets to a car dealership and he wants a car with a pussy magnet installed and i lost my shit now (laughs) the guy in the car was like before to back up a little bit before he goes to the dealership he gets driving lessons remember driving lessons from this man he kisses him and he starts driving and he's like getting angry at other drivers (laughs) and then he like looks at the driving instructor and he's like are we friends and he's like yes we're friends you're a nice young man he's like do you want to be my boyfriend oh my god he's he's like no I don't want to be a boyfriend why not and then he's like I guess I could be your boyfriend (laughs) It's like, yeah, I'll be a boyfriend. <laughs> like, where did they find that guy? I don't know. I don't know. Which, <coughs> which is another good question. I was wondering in the movie, in the back of my mind, I was like, I wonder if that guy was really a student driver, because the cars that student drivers have have the the steering on and the brakes and gas on both sides. They have it's just a copy on, really? on both sides. I didn't know. Yeah, that. student drivers. Yeah, yeah. So I've like, if the inst- if the person the student student gets too stressed out, they oh, can take over. Oh, that's crazy. So, you're British now. Oh god, <laughs> I had no idea that was a thing. That sounds fake. No, no, totally, totally. I don't know. Have you ever seen Tenacious D? Yeah. You know, whenever they get in that car chase scene. Yeah. And there's one moment where they're about to hit some cops in the chase and he a Jack Black slams on the brake. He wasn't driving. Cage was driving. Uh, and, yeah. So, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't ever want to be a stu- I don't ever want to have. But I don't think all student driver cars are that. Like if you're doing like a driving test, I don't think like those cars. Oh, no, no. You would bring which your Which that's own. kind of like what yeah. it looked like. 
they were doing was like some sort of test. Oh, some sort of test. Oh, I see. Was what I got. But, and so the reason I think that guy is real is if we back up, I forgot right before him. Remember, he goes to the comedy lesson guy. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, that's where he learns the knot. Yes. <laughs> the shirt I is not black. Online, that that guy was like real, and they like paid him to do the comedy lesson or whatever. But he figured out like pretty quick, like that he was like up to something. Yeah. But he just like played along. He did play along. But I don't think I noticed that. But yeah, now that you bring it up, so I that's why I think that both of those guys were real. So yeah, the instru- the driving there. instructor did that one. He, uh, uh, see, one was the car that was a clue for me, and then two, there was like some type of. It was whenever he got mad and started having road rage. He was like, "Ah, I fucking, I fucking fuck you," or uh, something like that. I don't remember exactly what he said. He got really mad. I was like, "Fuck my mother." <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my god. Which, like what kind of insult by um yeah, okay. But so then after that, then they go to the dealership and yes, and that is when he's like and he goes, "What well, I want the car that'll give me the woman and he like makes a shape and he's like, "You know the shape down there." <laughs> no, it, well I think at first he was like, "I I want the the pussy magnet installed. But like, that's, thinking why, he, was that's why he says once the guy is like, oh, okay. he's like, I want the car that'll like get the, sh- oh, the shape. Okay. And then the guy's like, oh, you want a Honda or no, you want a Corvette or a Hummer? <gasps> oh, right, right. And then he takes him to the Hummer and then mm-hmm. he's like, now does this car have the pussy magnet? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, my friend told me I need to get a car with a pussy magnet. <laughs> He's like, I fucking love. I'd hate to, I hate to sound mean, but I love that sometimes we have that language barrier and comedy like that can come up. Yes. <laughs> you know, his is obviously staged, but I used to, in higher ed, I used to work with international students. Yes. And I would interact with a lot of international students that broken English or whatever. And, you know, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't point it out or anything, but, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, you know, I know what you mean, but. Yeah. So. It's funny that we have that and don't and wouldn't necessarily get that. Yeah, yeah, but I the way that people just like play along with him is what is even funnier. Like that's almost like the punchline of the skit is just how everybody reacts. Well, I don't think I don't think in that car dealership that was the case. I think that man was genuinely he was like I what is going on? Cuz I think especially in the car cuz they had the camera in the car. I think he may have sneaked like putting it up or something. Sneak putting what up? A camera up so he could record the man. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. No, I'm that's what I'm saying though. It's just like the natural reaction is like the punchline like how that guy's like there's not an actual magnet. Oh, sir. okay. Okay. Now like that's what's funnier than like him being like pussy magnet. It's funnier that the guy's like no, <laughs> there's not a magnet like mm-hmm. trying oh, to convince okay. him okay. like I see what you're saying. How I he's see like what you're the car now. is mm-hmm. the magnet, Borat. Like just trying. Right, right. <laughs> maybe not broken English, but maybe translation. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I yeah. mean, both things. Like, yeah, yeah. it works both ways. It's just funny because, like, he is still just, like, trying to sell him this car. And it is like, you know, like... This car is the magnet, and then right. when he learns, oh that right, yeah, yeah, he, he did only say that. has like six hundred dollars or whatever. He's like, you can have an ice cream truck, like, and they fucking took it. It's not a magnet. Not a magnet. <laughs> I was like, I would have bought. I told you right when he got when I saw that, I was like, I would have bought that and refurbished it. <laughs> I, I would have totally. I would have totally. Let's yeah. see. The next thing I wrote down was the rodeo. Uh, the rodeo. Oh my god! That first part with that guy. Oh my god. Oh my god. That is yeah. like that is oh, fucking. I just hate ignorant people. I don't like know that. that. I don't think they were in Texas for that. Well, yeah. No, I don't. Disclaimer. Think I mean, rodeo. I'm sure there are people like that in Texas. Just, Unfortunately. Um. Okay. I hate to assumptions to make friends, Shannon. <laughs> that, is a, that is a saying that I say. Okay. You've heard me say it on record. But, but assumptions don't make friends. But most country folk are conservatives. Yeah. And being in the country, you know, obviously there's not much to do other than ride bulls and horses. Yeah. And so I guess we should say so at the beginning part of the, when he gets to the rodeo, it's your typical stock show rodeo he walks in he's talking to some guy who goes up to him he looks like borat he's got his mustache and um the guy goes up to him and he's like hey like you need to consider shaving your mustache because like i think he says you look muslim which is like weird (laughs) as it was framed it seemed like it came out of the blue too yeah yeah like borat was just like standing there wearing his like american t-shirt like if i would argue if anything he just looked like a some jewish guy mm-hmm. at a rodeo or just like a paler like, white guy. yeah not that it wouldn't up. matter if he did look muslim or not but like i right. i wasn't 100 percent sure what that guy was getting at at first right. we don't have a frame of reference for the, what happened before but and he like tells him he needs to shave off his mustache to look less muslim which was like painful <sighs> to watch and then and, what else did he go in borat like tries to kiss him and he's like oh no don't kiss me and he like says something like what do you do in kazakhstan to like Oh, men who kiss each other. Yeah, yeah, he's like just being overall ignorant. (laughs) He basically says something about needing to like kill off people like that here. The the man, not that was probably that was probably the most disgusting part of the movie. Yeah, that man. It was extremely just like oh, but Brad definitely (laughs) got back at him. Oh yeah, whenever okay, so he, he went to the rodeo to, to sing the uh national anthem supposedly and at first he he he, he riles him up. He, he riles him the up. Troop. It's and like the Donald he, he was Trump. Like, he's like, like I, su- I support the troops, I support the war in Iraq or your war on terrorism. Let's and then destroy he, and then Iraq. The, yes, destroy it destroy their country or something. Have like that. George Bush and when it, the yeah, blood it took of a the turn. men women it took a turn whenever he mentioned, I want George Bush to drink the blood of all the men, women, and children of Iraq. And I was like, 
oh but the and some people just don't get laughing yes they clapping, were like excuse yeah, me and yeah. oh my god applauding he like, kept pushing them to like still giving them enough of what they wanted to hear to still clap and it there's this a, is this yes. i'm sure this is what you're you go more into your thesis on but that's some crazy shit Yes. That's some crazy shit. Yes, there's there's an excellent scene in the second film that does something very similar. Mm-hmm. And he rallies the troops again. And it's just like people say like they don't know how they would react if they were in that situation. But I think at the end of the day, if you're in a particular situation like that, like you are not just gonna like not question someone you know right i don't know but i will say here we are 15 years later the tone is different you it's know? still kind of the same yeah so i don't know i mean i i did want to point out that that was that man and then that crowd it was quite poignant but then he starts yes. singing the, the he's like yes. i'm sure he told them whatever he scheduled this so he was he just wanted to sing the national anthem he's yes like, i'm gonna sing <laughs> my country's national anthem to the tune of the american national anthem <laughs> I fucking loved yes. it. they all started booing and they they took him up high to the mountaintops and then fucking to the to the valley below. Oh my god. They started booing him. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, that was That was so that was such good. And it's so funny because it's like, think about how like Donald Trump gives a speech like that and people are like rallied behind him, but then he's like, Oh, just drink some bleach or whatever. <laughs> You're gonna be fine. Like and people are like, Oh, wait a second maybe that's not right like <laughs> that's literally like it just parallels stuff like that you know mm-hmm, what i mean mm-hmm. and it, and i don't even mean to be biased like that like any all sides do that you right know? right oh i forgot to mention uh, a little bit earlier in the beginning part he falls in love with pamela anderson oh, in, of, in that yes. hotel scene where he starts taking off his clothes in the elevator mm-hmm. he falls in love with Pamela Anderson from he Baywatch. Sees her on Baywatch. Yeah. Slipping through the TV in the yes. hotel room. Does not know her whole career. Uh, <laughs> so is a little blind to what she did. But continuing on, he meets some guys and, uh, you know, he, he wants to go to California to meet Pamela Anderson. That's well, kind of what kicks off. At first, though, okay, back way up. So okay. he's in the hotel. He sees her. He. It goes to like the feminist meeting and he oh, is like laughing at the feminists and like their theories. And then he asks them if they know about CJ from Baywatch. <laughs> and then <laughs> they're like, no, she's fictional. And then, oh, so then he goes back to the hotel room. Some weird shit happens at the hotel room. But then the hotel guy comes. What what do you call Bellhop. He comes mm-hmm. and he like reads to him about how his wife died. Oh, read the telegram. And then at one point, like, I have, I have. reads the telegram and Sasha Baron Cohen's like, did you just tell me my wife died? And he like pauses <laughs> and he reads the document one more time. He's like, He's like yeah, I did. But then Sasha Baron Cohen's like, all right. Like, have, I have. <laughs> 
and he actually like he was like yeah 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 i'll give you that man. i was like i don't know if that was staged but that's funny and so then at that point that's when he wants to pursue pamela anderson because his wife is dead she's mauled by a bear right mauled by a bear later that is correct <laughs> but the rodeo was quite funny yeah uh, that's probably one of my favorite scenes uh but yeah, continuing on from after the rodeo he meets a few people in atlanta they were playing dice on like just the side of the street or whatever and, oh it was like martin luther king Boulevard okay in, in atlanta or something and the one part i remember is him pulling down his pants like him trying to imitate them Oh, um, and that's oh. when it leads up. He stays in a hotel there, and he goes. He goes up to the the hotel desk, the receptionist desk, with his pants pulled down. And you see his fishnet underwear, and he walks up and he says to this receptionist, "He's like, what's up, Vanilla Face?" Yes. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I thought that was so funny. Oh man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't let them stay there. They like say in their own language. There's some player haters. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That was, that is a great scene. Like it's very much you have to watch it to see how funny it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like with that particular, I feel like that was definitely. I'm gonna put a pin in that because the parts of the that part in particular, I think that was complete improv. I think they saw some oh, people yeah. on the side of the road and they were like, "Hell yeah, let's go fuck with these people," or do like a quick, oh, a quick, yeah, something. like in Atlanta, yes, um, with the guys. But I think that the Pamela Anderson one was staged because a little bit later in the movie they go to that garage sale. The Pamela Anderson one was staged. There's a few. That- no, they go to the garage sale and he finds that magazine. Oh, you think that was staged? No, I think I think that that was the first scene that oh wait kicked th- off the Pamela Anderson idea. You think the actual Pamela Anderson scene was staged? Not the signing. Oh, you remember the garage sale? Yeah, where he went and he was going through the magazine. Yeah, with the and he lady, stole the magazine, and he makes fun of the lady. Right, right. I oh, because she real. was a gypsy. Right, yeah. I, I didn't write that one down, but that one was funny that too. Was, that's not okay. That didn't age well. It didn't age well, but the gypsy thing. Yeah, I do oh, think that was yeah. real because he goes after her, calls her that, and she's like, no, "Okay, I think that the interaction was improv." But I think that whenever he saw the magazine there, that he got the Pamela Anderson idea in his head for the movie and did the scenes before and after about Pamela. Pamela Anderson after uh, the filming of that garage sale scene. Like maybe that so, came first. I don't know. Maybe it's just theories. I no, I, see, I trivia, could see but, that. Um, I could see that. I like that's, that. That's some, that's that would a, be that's an extreme coincidence. I'd mm-hmm. see. I see what you're saying. That would be that's, so that's funny though theory, if that though, was like what kicked it off. They really should have like started with that. It's a great criticism. Yeah, that's one. That's just one small thing I noticed. But the next thing I have on here is when they stayed at the Jewish family's house. Yeah. So oh my! I okay. guess we didn't mention it at the beginning of the show, yeah. but whenever they were in the country, they did. They don't like Jews apparently. Yeah, and they, they did this like bull yeah. run thing, but with it was very distasteful, and they look like zombies for some reason. And I don't know why. Yeah, it was very like. So, have you ever heard of like in a music history class about minstrelsy? And so, like, there used to be this, like, characterization of, like, African-American people that was really 
really like racist and they'd have these characters or they overemphasize like certain qualities of like mm-hmm. puppets or whatever right, right. and like it seemed like this is essentially what they were doing but with like jewish stereotypes like yeah yeah so totally. yeah it was quite interesting and i was like i think this is going somewhere i was like they wouldn't just add the like i hate jews part oh my oh my god so let's get into it whenever they went to the jewish people's house oh my gosh he like at one i can't remember what made the realization but she said we're jewish they were looking something at about a painting yeah. they were looking at different paintings and she like described the characters in the painting and he's like why do you have jewish characters <laughs> she's like because i am jewish and he's and he- like fucking flipped out oh my god like the tone of the movie changed it like started like like a quick cut between all the paintings he's like freaking out i'm like oh my god and like i think part of what is so funny to about that like is like i guess you have to kind of recognize going into it that sasha baron cohen's jewish and like he like he's not being anti-semitic he's using this sort of like Almost like D- almost a device. It's like almost. a device, and it's or a like, tool that he uses. Maybe and I want to say how you know how like when actors they take on a character, they have like a background story. Mm-hmm. So he's like using this like background story to continue to like uh, have people like. It's like people who play. Uh, they're like character actors. Like I always think of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. as a character actor. I was especially like I think of Django. It's great, great example. But remember how? But they're so invested in their backstory, and Sasha Baron Cohen does it in smaller chunks, I guess. And I can't, I can't remember if it's like right after this scene or not. We can definitely talk about this more. But whenever he goes to the gun store, and he's like, "Which, which one would be like the best defense against a Jew?" <laughs> and the guy just like recommends a gun. He's not. He doesn't. Like, not phased at all about the mention of jews being killed and yeah oh my god that was another thing i didn't write down oh my gosh that was crazy too not phased at all just makes a recommendation and so it's like you (laughs) see people react that way which is why it's so funny back at the old jewish people how they're so kind to him so they end up at these old jewish people's (laughs) bed and breakfast because they need Mm -hmm. a place to stay for the night because they couldn't stay the hotel (laughs) why couldn't they stay at the hotel because that that was what they were like when he dropped his pants and he called him vanilla face and they were like oh he's like they called security (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah, and so then they show up at the old people's bed and breakfast, and he figures out they're Jewish. They go to their room, and he's like, we have to get out of here. <laughs> it turns to, like, that POV view from, like, a, like um, what's those movies? Like, Cloverfield and um, Blair Witch. Yeah. The game, yes, <laughs> the yes. I don't know if it's a hatchet or a cross, but he has the it's money in his hand, too. <laughs> he's yes. like, I'm so scared. <laughs> And yes, and like right before that, they like go to bring him food, or and they like make him eat. The pastrami. They like bring him some food. I read online that like the bed and breakfast didn't like generally just like serve food, but the producers like egged him on. Really? But like Sasha Baron Cohen and the other guy like didn't know that they were gonna bring them food. (laughs) (laughs) I love how they make the improv for themselves. Oh, I love it. And then whenever they leave and they oh that's like one <laughs> they, of the they, worst they ditch parts. in the middle of the night. They they, they throw money. They're like they've changed. They, they're like they changed into cockroaches. 
<laughs> they start throwing money at him and then run out the house. <laughs> oh my god, that part that part was so crazy. It was. Oh my gosh! It's I love just it. funny because it's, it's like they react that way, and, and it's funny to us because we're like they're just little old Jewish people. But then you have that guy at the gun store who's like, "You can use this gun to like shoot a Jewish person. It's fine." Like, right. it's so awful that like yeah. there's these like innocent. And I'm people. sure those were within thirty minutes of one another. Those two scenes, right? Yeah. Like, how messed up is that? Like, <sighs> it's crazy. See, I didn't even notice that until you said it. That's crazy. This is the part where I was going to ask you how they got the bear. Oh, my God. I made a note of that at the end just in case we didn't talk about the bear. So this was something like when I revisited this sooner, I was like, is that bear real? Like, and David, I Googled and I Googled and I Googled. I was on Reddit, like everywhere. I only found one article that really was like, yes, this bear is real. It was like lent to them by some bear trainer. Oh, and or there were two bears. Oh, but I don't know if the article was like valid or not. It was like on some like weird website. I want to say like salon.com or something like that. Like some random website. I can link it to you. I'm sure. Primary source. But I could only find one article about it. Like I couldn't find anything huh. else. But like, what about it? Validate. Was it even real? Like a real bear? It looked like a real bear. Well, remember, so... Do you mean trained bear? Or, like, I don't know. I feel like in some of the scenes, like, when he's on the big guy, like, he's, like... Yeah, like, a trained a trained bear would be able to do that. I don't think, think, I don't so? think a wild bear would want to do well, that. Well, yeah, I don't think it's, like, a Unless wild you're, bear. like, were, super like, smooth bears. with the bear. But, but that, I was that's, just, like, unlikely. I was shocked that it was real and not, like, CGI or something. I guess they didn't have no. CGI then. But um, funny, were though. you saying, like, oh, why the... was the bear even a part of the narrative? Is that what no, you're asking? Well, I didn't know how the bear came to be with them in the truck. Well, so remember what happened where he was, like, threatened. And so then he was like, I Oh, mean, he couldn't purchase the gun. He couldn't that's purchase right, the gun, that's so right, he got a bear. He from America, so they went to the animal exotic place. He uh, saw the turtle. He was like, is uh, this a cat in the hat? <laughs> they were like, no, it's a turtle in a shell. <laughs> and then he was like, no, I need something that's going to protect me. And then it cut to like the to bear. To the bear, yeah. Okay, that's that's funny. I was about to say, uh, one little snippet in between where they hid the bear and they had the music turned on for the truck and all those kids came those running kids for came. the tr- for the ice cream yes. they fucking opened the door and the bear came out oh my god that was oh my god time. that was classic and all those kids ran away i was just like fuck you kids run away you little bitch those kids are traumatized hey Oh, that a trauma. Speaking of traumatization, we didn't mention it, but in, when he was in New York at the beginning of the movie, he was he was trying to kiss people on the cheek. <laughs> that one guy in the blue polo literally like ran away from him. Yeah, literally across. I think across the street and back again. And I'm sure that poor man is traumatized yeah. now from Sasha Baron Cohen like running around. That beginning scene is kind of heartbreaking because he's just like some, you know new person to a city tourist he's just a tourist right in a right. city he's never been to and people are just like 
oh, you're weird, you're different, like, don't come near me. Like, it's kind of sad. Like, I also get it, because it's like, that's weird. Like, you're just walking home from work or whatever. Like, you don't want to deal with that, but... Yeah, New York, I'm sure there's a lot of busy people there, so yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. There's a lot of pissed off people there, too, so. I mean, I wonder anywhere, though, like if Bora just ran up to you and you were like walking down the street in Denton or whatever. What tried would to you? kiss me on the cheek. Yeah. I can't you see know, you good being... point. If I didn't know if it was <laughs> some random man came up to me and started trying to kiss me, good point. I might back up. I, w- I wouldn't get physical, but. I wouldn't want to play. <laughs> I wouldn't want to play around, you know. Yeah, and at this point, like Sasha Baron Cohen's not that like recognizable. Like he's not, you know, just like you don't see him walking down, and you're like, well, that's why he has all those disguises. Yeah, exactly. So it's like even then, <laughs> I don't know. I've, if he tried to come up to me like that, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Anyway, speaking of Sasha, Sasha's characters. One of the other videos that was linked in your thesis was the Bernie Sanders one, uh, uh, yeah. where he he's just he's he's to, he's trying to explain to Bernie Sanders how to move the ninety nine percent into the one percent, and Bernie <laughs> Sanders was just like not having it. You know what? Bernie Sanders is kind of like the old lady at the bed and breakfast in that. Scene. Oh yeah, she kind of she kind of <laughs> she got married. They'd be they'd be a cute couple. Just like have that like hunchback <laughs> uh, <laughs> get up together. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Uh, okay, so the next thing I have on here is another one of my favorite parts of the movie is when he goes to the dining society or like yeah. he goes to be like taught etiquette at a dining society and oh, some like fucking hijinks ensue. First, it, it cuts back to one, the dinner, and then to a separate like meeting between him and the etiquette coach and uh, some fucking shenanigans and chew. Um, the first one that pops right off the top of my head where he goes to the bathroom. Right. And he bring, brings his, his shit back down to the table in like a doggy bag. And I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? And that one woman who had the 80s haircut was just like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, it seemed like so. So yeah, so they're having that like hoity-toity dinner. I don't really remember the purpose of that. Do you? Like, why did he uh, get invited to that? I don't know. I don't know. I think it was... I don't know. It was just another funny scene. It, it, it like, had a Every segue, scene though. connected to the next yeah, scene in like, some way. I just can't remember. I can't remember. We basically were saying he gets into a lot of hijinks. And one of them is going to that etiquette yeah. dinner. Mm-hmm. And there's the bathroom scene where he goes to the bathroom and I guess he's never used like a public toilet. He like poops in Mm. a bag and brings it. Like a dog. Yeah. Like you would pick up a dog's. That's what it is. He okay. That's what you're talking about. He goes back and forth between the etiquette lady at the restaurant Mm -hmm. and then the dinner dinner at someone's house. Right. And so he asks the etiquette lady if it's if it's okay for him to bring a guest. Oh right, and that's how the hooker comes into she it. She says it's okay as long as you ask in advance. And so it's unclear whether he asked in advance. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. The way she, she reacted gets there. I think her name's Linnell or something like that. Linnell. Really? And uh, she's in 
You said Always Sunny. I was telling you earlier that she looked familiar. Yeah, I read she was, she, always... she was on Always Sunny and amongst other things. But um, yeah, I can't remember what character she played, but she has such a great attitude when she gets there, even though the people are like so really rude to yeah. her. Very rude. So awful. I can't even imagine. Like, I wonder what part of the South they were in because I feel like if you were like in our part of the South. And you brought home someone who was dressed, quote unquote, like a hooker. Your mom would still just like accept her as much as they like possibly Literally could. Literally pull up a chair, get you a plate, like, make you a plate. Yeah. They'd be thinking, bless her heart in their heads. But like, bless her heart. they wouldn't act like they were too good for someone to like join their dinner right. table. And of course, like later they'd brag to their friends about how they like helped some homeless hooker on Christmas. <laughs> yeah yeah but there's always that yeah they wouldn't just like kick her out that is true yeah that is curious because i thought that it happened after atlanta but i guess it was maybe like mississippi or I don't yeah I, I think, think i think it jumped from to atlanta texas. Jordan to texas yeah so but yeah and so then like she kicks them out which i guess it's she could argue that she kicked him out because he pooped in a bag, but whatever. So she kicks them out, and then they're in the car, and he's, like, looking at the hooker, and he's like, I'm sorry they spoke to you that way. Aww, do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, I love that I scene. Me and too. she's just like, I just want to take a night off, and then they go dancing. Yeah, and yeah, and they have a good have time. a good night together. That was, that, that was a very wholesome moment, I yeah. remember feeling after that, whenever they were at the disco, or the roller disco, or whatever it was. Yeah, no, that was a good I think after that, uh, yeah, this is when they go to Dallas. So I think they were they were in Georgia. Yes, and so Dallas, I didn't recognize this until we watched it. That there, it's like a Confederate, yeah, shop. Yeah, that was like the first couple of like shots and the Confederate shop. There's a Confederate shop. That's what it was, David. I've never heard of this store before. I, d- I don't know if that's what it was called, but it was very clearly like... They oh, were- yeah. No, no, no. Very clearly. Yeah. Like collectibles. I was like... Yeah. You know, this is a very, very side note, but in college, I don't use Instagram a lot. And for one of my history classes, I had to create an Instagram and go to Dallas there were a statues. We had to go take a picture. That's why we needed Instagram to take a picture. I'm like, what the fuck? I could have just fucking gave you a picture, uh, digital print, whatever. But there's a Daughters of the Confederacy statue that was paid for by the Daughters of the Confederacy yeah. there in Dallas, like almost close downtown Dallas. And yeah. So yeah, that's a side note about, uh, it's just so weird that people take pride in that kind of thing. That's crazy. It's crazy. So crazy. And then he fucking breaks all their shit. <laughs> I wonder if he I wonder if he did that for that reason. Yeah, so I thought that scene was funny even prior to like recognizing what the shop was, but then recognizing what it was and he does that, like that's hilarious. And like he breaks a ton of shit and oh, they're yeah, like yeah. they're like, You owe us four hundred and twenty five dollars. Like that's not even that much. Like it's actual shit, not worth anything because it's Confederate uh-huh. garbage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I love how he, he's like, I only have $180 <laughs> out of like the four or something that he said. Yeah. 450. I'm like, nice. Yeah. Nice, this girl. Fucking, my God. 
Yeah. I don't want to say it is almost as bad as, yeah, I'd say it is bad as, uh, like, you know, how a Nazi officer uniforms are. Yeah, illegal to I wear. mean, it's just as shameful. Like, I don't know. It's, sh- a, it's an interesting topic that I don't want to go into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not right here, at least. But because of this, uh, they went broke. And yeah. this leads to they go to the next hotel and he fights with his producer naked yeah. in the hotel. <laughs> they just they're fighting and then they just get in these weird sex positions and yeah. he like took it's because he took his magazine. Oh, his he, family Anderson yes, magazine. He figured out and he used it. <sighs> yes, he said he had to clean the magazine afterwards. I was like, oh, oh. rough. Uh, I would not touch that magazine again. And also at this point, Pamela Anderson is still like his treasure. Yes. Yes, at this moment, which will change very soon. He actually, after the fight, he, he's broke. He wakes up the next morning and he's ditched. Uh, his producer left, ditched him. I think the car was broken down or whatever, so he had to start walking. Oh, yeah. And he gets picked up by a couple frat bros. Um, oh, yeah, he hitchhikes. And- yes, yes, and he gets picked up. I don't remember what school it was. I think University of I think it's South True. Carolina. Really? Which was weird to me because I think he was like further along on the trip than that, but that was like where it said they were you from. Know people in editing, so. True. Know. But yeah, no, he gets picked up by these frat kids and. <sighs> the one, one dude was just really fucking drunk. And he was like. Just, I've seen, I've seen people like that before. Yeah. Belligerent drunk where they're just like. Anything I say, you're going to, like, blurt out something that had nothing to do with what I was just talking about. I've seen that so many fucking times. Interestingly enough, though, he doesn't end up being as um, misogynist as his buddies. Yeah, yeah. And I noticed. It's crazy. Like, that part was crazy. He kind of points out, you know, like, oh, Pamela Anderson. Sorry, I don't know what I was trying to say. Pamela Anderson, you know, she's no, she's no. uh, Virgin. Yeah, she's no saint. Bora, I hate to tell you, I don't even care. We're going to put this shit on and, like, shows him, like, the movie. Bora has a Pamela Anderson, but, like, the other guys, they're, like, Asking him if they have women as slaves in Kazakhstan. Oh, that and is like, right. Oh, my God. Like, he goes to leave them, and he's like, don't ever let you think, like, there's a woman that's better than you or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, at the end. Oh and my it's God. like the two yes. guys who weren't even being as belligerent. Like, what? What? <laughs> I know. I know. It was a crazy part. Yeah, so he realizes Pamela Anderson, so now he's really sad. Yeah. And this is when he, he has, puts the, the fire in front of the church. Yeah. And yes, he like pretends to kill the chicken. He's like, I can't do it. Get out of here, yeah. like old yeller. Or not old yeller. What's that one where they go? Get out of here. Fox and the Hound. Oh, yes. Fox and the Hound. Yes. Gives that old bit to the chicken. And then he wakes up the next morning at this church and attends this church, like, looking real scruffy. God. And it's, like, mega church style where people are, like, got the Holy Spirit in them and got the fucking shakes and doing dance. And one dude was, like, running laps around that front part. And I'm like, oh, my God, fuck you, guy. <laughs> like, it's, like, mega church, but, but with, like, small town vibes. Like... Like, there were a lot of people there, but also it just seemed like a free-for-all. It wasn't, like, some stadium Joel Olstein type thing. It felt more real in a way. Like, 
the people who were there were like really committed <laughs> yeah if yeah, that even, makes sense mm-hmm, like yeah it was just another church service yeah but also just like like uh i don't even know how to exp- like i get that there are religious people who like really believe in their religion but these people seem to like take it extra like oh, with the, the like level. commitment I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like the way they were acting, like you were kind of saying, like they were like speaking in tongues, right? Like, just yeah, yeah. Have you ever really have you ever been per- in person when somebody did that? Their religion. I wrote down that I have gone to a lot of churches like these. I have been to so many churches like these. Which brings me to the next question: Have you ever seen somebody like speak tongues yes. in person? Is fucking. Like, get the fuck away from you, fucking freak. You're like, you got the devil in you. <laughs> Rather like, than Jesus. Good lord. I just feel like it's an extension of people, like, trying to put the Holy Spirit in you and you trying to figure out how you're going to react to convince them that the Holy Spirit is in you. And so some people, their reaction is to just... Yeah, to so just talk speak in, in tongues, tongues or dance like, or run laps or just <laughs> you know that's how they're be gonna it in com- a church or in a gym convince you that they've got the spirit of the Lord. You know, when you said that, I immediately thought of two examples like people who scream in pillows. They're trying to like have an outlet for something like some type of inner feeling. Be it existential or you know personal, or mm, I disagree. Uh, but like people, but anyway, my my <laughs> point was of letting out that emotion, like people yelling into their pillows whenever they're pissed or whatever. But I personally also do it like whenever I'm delivering for Domino's, I turn on my music really loud. I think that all of that I is different out, you know? than like. Going as far as like speaking tongues, like I would suggest that going to church and feeling so moved by the spirit that you throw your hands up in the air, (laughs) perhaps that is equivalent to screaming into a a pillow to express your feelings. But speaking in tongues is such like a deliberate act of like uh, something to me that can be nothing less than fake. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> they're kind of detached from re Yes, detached uh, from reality. reality at that point. Like. Absolutely. And I ke- I would bet too that like cameras being there, like filming Borat or whatever. I bet that more like more set- people were probably doing it just because the cameras are there. Yeah. Oh my god. Fucking people. Yeah. Fucking people. That's the whole point of that like portion of it, I feel like, is him. Like exposing that, like, and you can you can say your favorite part about that bit with the joke he tells. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was about to and say. And when he does that, and how people react to that, like, just tell 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 the people, tell tell the joke that he tells at the church. Oh right, about his neighbor and that I love it. So like he, there's one point where. You know, there's a point, like I said, I've been to a lot of these churches at the point at the end of the service where they do like a mass call for people. Yeah. Like, come and be saved. Like, come up here to the front and we're going to help you be saved. We're going to like exercise the the demons out of you with this like speaking tongues and 
we're gonna dance around you and fucking put i'm gonna put my hand on your forehead and i'm gonna fucking shake the devil out of you or whatever yes uh but this ensues with borat <laughs> just yes. like i i love he how he just just plays on the i just love his his style but he goes into it and he's talking with the preacher like to the whole to the whole you know not auditorium but just kind of like a, a congregation building. yeah congregate whatever it was a big it was a big i meant like a big yeah it was a lot, lot of people, people. and uh, he makes a joke about his neighbor back in his home country he's he says something to the fact he's like you know i hate my neighbor he's like but you gotta just let that go you gotta let that go yeah, man no, but it, so he's up there the preacher like, was saying you just gotta let that go man but he was like, like you know but who really loves their neighbor though yeah. and that that's what got it with the crowd and like, the, like the tone everybody, the tone of everybody his nobody and, loves my neighbor and everybody starts laughing oh, yeah yeah <laughs> it killed it killed with the church crowd and i was like i i wasn't laughing Yes, I do like the joke about the neighbor that at that but first how part. People react. But I knew that I was laughing because I knew that the church people were Weird. going to be laughing. Yep. And uh, you see, yeah, mentioning actually before I forget about it, mentioning that I had gone to a lot of churches like this. There was one time I remember specifically we had gone to a New Year's service, New Year's Eve service, and it was probably the greatest time I've had at church ever. Not because of, I'm not a, not a religious person whatsoever, but there were these soul singers who came at there. I guess they were like visiting or something. Yeah. There, it was a mega church so much that they flew. There was an airport right was beside the church. Was this a Catholic church? No. 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 Okay. It was like out in Decatur or somewhere. Oh, Bridgeport. like country church. It was a big church. Janet. They had the airport right beside the church. Okay. And I guess they flew these soul singers in to, you know, do the, do the service or whatever. But these fucking soul singers, one, oh, it, it was, a, I think it was a, either a husband and wife combo or brother sister. But the lady, she, she was the soul singer. Uh, she was singing, but the husband or the brother, he mother, he slapped the bass. Have you slapped the bass? Slap it a bass. <laughs> I love, I love, I love you, man. I love, I love, love you, man. I love you, man. Yeah, that's a weird sentence to say. But talk about definition of slapping the bass. This, that's just, this is why I had so much fun because I don't know. I like that style of music. I don't like necessarily the message, but I like the the tempo and the yeah. like the beats of. They kind of incorporate jazz into For it. Sure. With it. And with this dude, fucking, I'm talking Shannon. Like, have you ever? They have an emoji with the yeah, you know, like the, hang the loose, pinky out and the thumb out. And hang ten, like, hang loose. Yeah, Shakabra. I always think of Shaka. South Park. Shakabra. <laughs> and oh, but yeah, whenever this dude was playing the bass, he literally had this format. He was slapping with his thumb, and I was like, dude, this is so insane. It was so intense. I can only imagine. Like, I I tried whenever I was younger to try and play the bass, but my finger killed. Anyways, that's beside the point. But well, I did want to point he had that the out. Spirit of the Lord in him, David. <sighs> I guess. I guess <laughs> that's not what I was worried about. And I Jesus was worried is about a the bra. Haven't you heard? The He's f- got the long hair, and he wears a puka shell necklace. <laughs> he slapped the bass, and his music slapped. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> Let's see. So this is when he goes to Hollywood, kind of like getting to California. For some reason, he decides to go to California. No, he 
he reconnects with oh As no he's still he's still pursuing but didn't he like not want to because of pamela but then did they convince him he need the frat brothers convinced him to go see her anyways right no i think it was the producer after he i don't know what made him go to hollywood to be honest but I know once he got to Hollywood, he saw his yeah, old producer and the, the um, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, is that Charlie Chaplin? The, the I don't know. Guy? I don't know who that guy was. Yeah, I think it's Charlie. Who's trying to reference? And then the death. And then guy. he said Hitler, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, oh, and he the, gets in the tries to get in the right, fight with him. Right. Yeah, yeah, and he he's like, yes. he's like, fuck off, death. <laughs> he oh, like that's trying to get in on it. Like, oh, oh lord. Yeah. Um, but no, that's when the producer he uh, convinces him to go to the signing. Yeah, for, I'm not like so I said. I'm not reconnect. sure what got him to California, but he went there and saw his producer, yeah. and that's what led to him going to Pamela Anderson's book signing, signing book signing, right? Because the producer was like, "Look, I did keep this file, and I found her for you." <laughs> Yeah, so let's just jump into it. The last part with the signing, and he gets to the front. He's being really awkward. He's like, hi, my name is Borat, or whatever, in the line. And uh, he finally gets to the front, and I remember beforehand, he was like, I'm going to marry her today. And yeah, he, he pulls out this, gift. like, so what I had thought at first was, like, you know how old woman like crochet uh, shit. I thought I thought it was like a crocheted blanket. Yeah, like a blanket that or has a quilt. like you know the date, their names or That's whatever. What I thought too. And when he fucking like pulled it apart and like tried to, she he put her in the burlap. So sack. he so he goes to the backup. So he goes to the book signing. He gets up to meet her and he's like telling her about his family. He keeps referring his, to someone in his family as the rapist, and she's just like smiling and nodding. Right. And oh, then he's, it, like, he's trying. He was trying. He was rattling off names to make the signing out to oh, him yeah. and his is like but then people he's in his like this town. and this and this, and then he's like, and then you're gonna marry me, and she's like, no thanks, no thanks. And then he then and he that's when he throws her. the burlap sack over. Yeah, it's a burlap sack. But it kind of reminded me of like a sleeping bag. Oh uh, yeah, like agreed. Put over her. Agreed. I always think of like I thought of a stocking as well, like a Christmas stocking. Yeah, very relevant. This will come out probably around Christmas. Yes, it is like a stocking. Merry Christmas, She's a by the way. Stocking stuffer. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Very nice. Um. So. But oh my god, so crazy, so crazy. And then he like chased like, her around that Barnes and Nobles or whatever the hell yeah. she was in. He and, like oh. wrestles her to the ground. She escapes. There's these like bodybuilders around, but for whatever reason, instead of running towards them, she like runs out of the out, store yeah out of the store into the parking lot to her car <laughs> and finally security guards tackle him yeah, well, should, he, no he catches he catches he her he catches again. up with her at <laughs> one point and then they get him and she runs off he meets her and then shortly after they all they all meet together and yeah, yeah fucking put him into the ground and oh my god that part was so crazy because I, I was not expecting him to like throw that over her <laughs> I don't think anybody all. was uh, who was? Anybody, I don't think anybody was. Uh, like, yeah, no, I that was one of the most like. Sh- I was like, oh yeah, he was quick about it too. He was quick yeah. about it. He fucking threw that thing on her. Let's see. <laughs> when he was <laughs> oh, yeah. after at the signing, after he got out of the. Park, 
but which I thought it connects back with that comedy lesson he had at the beginning of the movie. It does. That's he, not what he says. So he gets tackled. They go to arrest him, and then he like looks back at Pamela Anderson, and he's like, "Pamela Anderson, I this makes me not like you anymore." And then he pauses, and he goes, "Not." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that because it, it, it connected it, it back to the beginning of the all movie. the way back. That's yeah. my favorite part too. Mad. Yeah, that was a good one. I quite enjoyed oh. that. Let's see. Oh yeah, after that part, he went back to the hooker that he uh, met yeah, uh, over yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny, kind of that funny. I love good. that. And then it, it, it cuts back to his country yeah. him being in there. And he brought the hooker back with him. Right, <laughs> right. He brought the hooker back with him. There was a, a few changes. They're not doing the running of the Jews anymore. Yeah. They're Christians now, so they put people up on crosses <laughs> and poke them with pitchforks. And I fucking love it. <laughs> oh my god, that's so hard. Oh yeah, oh that was a good one. <laughs> At the beginning of the movie, he says goodbye to a man that has no hand. He has like, uh, uh, like a, a stuffed hand, like a stuffed bunny or like a stuffed <laughs> animal or whatever. And he comes back, and oh, this connects to the gay parade. Whenever he, he like went back to the apartment with them, and he like went to the shower, and there was just like this dildo in the background yeah. with a hand, with just a fist, literally just a fist, and. He goes back to the country and it cuts to the guy like and he, he's like high five. Yes! Oh my god, <laughs> it's the hand dildo that he, he's like, I'm gonna get you an hand while I'm in America. <laughs> and he kept his promise, and that was really funny. Oh, and finally, it's nice to end it on this, the neighbor again. <laughs> he Borat has the iPod and he has oh, the yeah, iPod he has mini. The iPod. <laughs> The iPod me, he's like, it's for gays. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Yes. Uh, I like that last part where it kind of like, it shows the whole town again and it kind of pans does out. Does he like say that. that or does he say it's for women? I think he said girls. I think he said girls, yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah. This fucking movie. This fucking movie. It. It's a good one. Let's let's jump into my likes. The neighbor. Ending on the yeah. plot point. Let's start out with the neighbor. I fucking love the neighbor joke in this. The first one. <laughs> this this motherfucker just looks so sad. Yeah. At the beginning, because he doesn't have what was it? A digital clock or no? A clock radio. A clock radio. He doesn't have a clock radio, and he was really he was so jealous of Borat for having this. He just like was looking at the camera like head down, just like glaring and i'm like oh my god what what is that i love that part but i also like that part the jewish family's house yeah um that was funny just because like you, you were talking about earlier that that old jewish woman was really nice she was so nice she was so nice and that he was playing because i knew he was jewish and then playing off that and i'm like oh my god like <laughs> You're you're gonna do anything to get the joke. Yeah, you're you're gonna do anything to get that laugh. And I was like, I, I appreciate that, even fucking with your own people. There's a similar scene in the new movie too that I think is even more well executed. But yeah, I think it just like goes to show like 
like like we said earlier, like they were showing all these people who have stereotypes against Jewish people, mm-hmm. but then it's just like contrasted with like the nicest people to ever <laughs> exist. Right. And whenever he's like doing the like what do you call it Blair Witch scene, oh, and he's right. like, oh, they she's disguised. The Jews have disguised themselves as an old little old lady. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> you can barely see her horn. like they've just been so ingrained in them that like that's what they're supposed to expect like like little christian kids get the devil and Mm. oh (laughs) the egg part and i I didn't mention that whenever that was weird that was weird too not my favorite bar, far from it, but yeah, the, the the house part was really funny. Like, I love playing, like him just praying on on like just anybody. Oh, it's so great. Uh, and I was gonna say also, I like the frat brothers part. Not really? not them specifically. This is why I put this point here. I said I like it for how fucking crazy they sound. I kept laughing because it's the same way with that Jason Spencer thing earlier. I kept laughing because I couldn't believe how ridiculous the thing that I was watching was. Yeah, almost like how honest they're being. Exactly. Exactly. Like you didn't know people were capable of that. And that's what's funny. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's not that I found what they said, like, generally funny. It wasn't. I laugh at the ignorance that the, they had. Like, um, there's like an, a, there's obviously, I feel like they knew they were being filmed in that particular one. I felt like they knew they were being yeah, filmed. Yeah, I think, but I still, feel like they still showed them true selves. I mean, I think exactly. they were inebriated. I think so. that's part of like what that humor in that scene comes from is like, yeah, they're drunk, but they know they're being filmed, but they're also just going to like, say all of the awful things that they said like that i think that's part of like bruh i can only imagine this being like like i said earlier being all around pop culture yeah uh, watching that movie and you being a part of that pratt and being those three guys watching that in today's 2020 yeah it's a little cringeworthy yeah yeah i would hate to be those guys right now yeah I'm sure. Well, I don't know. I mean, they're like 15 years older, so in their age group, it's probably cool. Maybe one of them died. What? The I'm just I'm fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but they did say some fucked up shit, which they did. like you said like earlier, like they they were talking about the slaves and like don't don't let women put you down. I was like, what the fuck is this? But it like, just goes oh back God. to like the shit Donald Trump says. Like Donald Trump was like actually president. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> People voted for him again. <laughs> Crazy. We're almost done. Uh, Shannon, what's your favorite parts? Okay? My favorite part, the rodeo, is definitely my favorite like scene yeah, of the whole yeah. movie. Just because for me, it was like kind of unexpected. Like, um, whenever he gets out there, I was like, oh, he's going to say something. And then he. <laughs> You know, just like incites like cheers for war and killing people and George Bush drinking blood, which is weird. Um, And people just cheered it all on. Um, But then he pulls the sun with the song. Uh, Oh, man. It's like how they were riding that high. And like I said earlier, they were on the tippy top of the mountain whenever he was saying all that and they were cheering but then like when he started singing he started he started booing his ass yeah it is so fucking 
Personally, I wouldn't clap for something I didn't. Yeah. But then, like, going along with it, especially that, I think it it wasn't the George Bush one, because a lot of people clapped at that one. But the one right after that, that's when, like, people started to, like, either slowly clap or, like, it, there wasn't as many people clapping. Yeah. I was like, whew. Um, rough. Rough. Yeah. But, so, very poignant. So. Yeah, but I also feel like, you know, you say you go with the crowd, but like at the end of the day, like you and I wouldn't be in that crowd. Oh, no, never, ever, <laughs> like, ever. That's the thing is like m- the average person wouldn't be in a crowd like that. So mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. Like, what does that say about that? Like subgroup about that? Like section, like ecosystem like of people. Yeah. It's just so wild. It's, it's crazy. It is wild. Which brings it back to the Who is America show. Yeah, and even Borat too, um, which you haven't seen yet, but you should definitely watch it because, like, it's just honestly Borat too. I feel like is an extension of not just Borat one, but Who Is America, and just like this continued critique of like how unexpectedly wacky people can respond to things, <laughs> right? When they don't necessarily like, maybe even subconsciously. They don't even really think about what they're saying because their guard's down. Well, like with Jason Spencer, if y'all watched that clip earlier, like how he reacts has got to be like just the motivations of like all of the things that like comprise his backstory. Like the thing about Jason Spencer is most of us would never be in a position where we would... (laughs) act like that and react like that because we wouldn't go to a class that like trains us on how to like defend, defend ourselves from terrorists at the office like. right, right. <laughs> very weird very weird <laughs> what popped in my mind was situational comedy yeah yeah but it's that you know obviously it's not produ- like heavily produced yeah, it's, it's not- like i mean it's more more improv obviously yeah it is it is very he makes it situational yeah, sure. Like, there's an outline kind of like, you know, an idea, a direction, mm-hmm. but you have to play off how... He has to be on the fly. Because um, you to... don't know what they're going to do or say. Right. Yeah, I was reading a little about in your thesis about, I can't remember who, Dick Cheney writing the, assigning the waterboard. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. He was basically just like, oh, you're a war hero. And like, he's like, <laughs> there's a really funny part in that scene where he keeps asking him, do you want to take a dick pic with me? Like, let's take a dick pic and like holds the phone like they're going to take a selfie. Uh, Get it? Because Dick Cheney. <laughs> oh, <laughs> We're going to take a dick pic. That's that's <laughs> a dick Cheney pic. And then so, and Dick Cheney's just like, yeah, like, oh yeah, it's so funny. Oh and then he God. like gives this backstory to this waterboard and he's like, Demi Lovato signed it. <laughs> he's like, you should sign it. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? That's awesome. That's awesome. Like, just Have you ever watched that biopic with Christian Bale? I think it's just called cheney or something like that i haven't watched that not bad it wasn't bad i think it was good we were talking about character actors earlier uh christian bale another great one he played i think it's called american gangster it's with that new lois lane she had red hair but he plays like american gangster wasn't 
He's, set in like the 80s is or the 70s, other guy 80s. in that Denzel Washington? Is he in that? Uh-uh. Jamie Foxx. No. Are you sure it's called American Gangster? It is Bradley Cooper, Christian Bale. That one lady. I'll have to show you. I'll have to show you later. Definitely, okay. audience, if you haven't seen that, please go watch it. I don't think it. it's I called American Gangster, though. I. Yeah, I don't think so. I either. think that's a different movie. Sorry. <laughs> Denzel Washington. Are you talking about the Ethan Hawke and. No, Denzel American Gangster is like about the gangs, like. You remember it's old. It's like based in old timey too. That's Gangs of New York with Leo. No, I've seen Gangs of New York. Oh. I'm talking about American Gangster. You're gonna have to show me after because I I do believe in my heart of hearts I do have something wrong with the name of that title. Uh, but nonetheless, there is a something with the word gangster in it. I can't remember what it is, but Christian Bale's in it, and he is also a great character. Okay. He plays like this. Uh, He's Batman. Uh, he's like, yeah, fat, and he has a come oh, over. Oh, I said Batman. Yes, <laughs> uh, literally the beginning part of that movie. Like, I think the first like ten minutes, like silent. It's just silent with him doing his comb over in the mirror. Okay, I think I know what movie you're talking about, but I can't remember what it's called. I yeah. do think I've Brad, seen that. The, Bradley Cooper with, with the, the lady Jew with Carols. the red hair with the red hair. Yeah, is that Lois a- Lane? The new, the new Lois is Lane. Is it Amy Adams? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's not Isla Fisher. They look the same. Isla Fisher, interesting enough, is Sasha Baron Cohen's wife. Isla Fisher? Mm-hmm. Who's that? She is in... So, <laughs> I was just thinking earlier, if you asked me what she was in, how I would describe her. Mm-hmm. Um, you watch The Office, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember Pam's like nemesis like in the early episode where Jim starts dating that redheaded girl? Oh, yes, yes. It's her. Oh, right, 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 right. That's yes. like Pam's That's sister exactly. yeah. in real mm-hmm. life. Oh, really? Yeah, like Jenna Fisher and Isla Fisher. Oh, I didn't know that. That's crazy. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Huh. Tri- That's my trivia for the That's end. your trivia. Oh, that was your trivia thing? <laughs> no. Uh, well, I didn't have a good trivia fact. I was oh. going to talk about the bear, but we talked about the bear earlier, so I'm going to go with that Isla Fisher fact. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I'll know. Okay. Oh man, dislikes. Like I said in the last podcast, Shannon, enough about likes. I hate a lot of things. Let's get into our dislikes. Yeah, we talked a lot about what I. Uh, I have done. You don't have anything. That <laughs> yeah, you dislike? yeah, I know. I worked. I worked it up. You see that roller coaster that I. I had a tough time writing <laughs> fra- the frat brothers down that I disliked them because I, I did have a tough time. I was just like I felt obligated to write something, so I was like, I guess oh. if I had to pick a least favorite part, it would be them. But I still like and appreciate mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. scene. Like I'm I, it's in the movie. Like we've been saying through this whole thing, I hate the ignorance of the people that he interacts yeah. with. But maybe he didn't bring it to the forefront for maybe the audience, but for us who are smarter, yeah, um, we can catch on to that. Who yeah. like that type of rhetoric and, and stuff like that. So, so in that in that fact, uh, yeah. I don't like. Uh, there's nothing I find distasteful yeah. with the movie. Same. So, yeah, which uh, just feels like bragging, but it's a good movie. I know, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm not gonna put more in that. I would give. I would give it the classic stamp i would get bored at the classic stamp my boyfriend gives it i think he said nine out of ten last time i talked to him which is a pretty high stamp for him i just say credit no credit credit or no credit (laughs) yeah credit no credit that's a that's a higher education joke if 
Oh, <laughs> I <laughs> okay, give it you an didn't a. even get that. I oh. give it an A for the day. I, oh. I got a P. What? Uh, no, weird. did better. Shannon, is there anything else that you want to bring up that we didn't necessarily talk about? <laughs> I I read a few articles. I didn't really make a whole lot of notes from the articles that I read for this. Um, some of them are articles that I'd like saved for my thesis, but they were so Borat centric that I <coughs> didn't find them as useful until now. Um, but I did note, like in some article, they said that a CNN movie reviewer identified Borat as the most anti-Semitic film ever made. <laughs> and I got a pretty good laugh at that. <coughs> um, that is funny. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Somebody, somebody else, um, like, so obviously there's a lot of, like, plays on satire here. I don't know if you could, like, entitle the whole thing as satire because people are reacting honestly in a way to certain things. But I guess, like, the whole persona of Borat could be considered satirical. Um, you consider his style satirical. Maybe not the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so a lot of people compare that to Jonathan Swift. Have you ever read Jonathan Swift? A Modest Proposal is a common reference mm-hmm. where, um, so he writes a lot of satire and I think it's in A Modest Proposal is where he suggests that poor people, um, make money for themselves by keeping their kids fat so that they can sell them to rich people to eat. He, this is an old, old, old satire where he's like critiquing his like government basically mm, saying mm. that. And so a lot of people compare Sasha Baron Cohen to, uh, oh, Jonathan see. Swift. Oh, um, see. so that's a, just a good author to look up. Um, if you're interested in this sort of art or rhetoric, I guess. Um, and then something else I thought was interesting was somebody identified like what he's doing here and like on the Ali G show. Um, and I think when I read this article, who is America wasn't out yet, but it would definitely count to as like this kind of hoax TV. And so I Googled, I was like, I kind of have this like inherent understanding of what a hoax is, but, Uh um, I Googled it and it says a hoax is a falsehood deliberately fabricated to masquerade as the truth. So, um, I might try to say that again. So a hoax is a falsehood deliberately fabricated to masquerade as the truth. So it's this thing that's like intentionally disguised. To be presented as the truth or performed as truth, mm-hmm. which I think is a really good way to characterize Borat. Something I thought about earlier today that I would add is that it's also like kind of like a radical hoax. Like he has this sort of like intentional political underlying that like sure jackass is political in its own right but i don't think it's necessarily as intentional i think i have to disagree with you on that one i think it's about nothing Uh, i think it's just about them being jackasses yeah so like its intention is to be funny it's not to like okay so i would i would characterize the jackass movies about that but like i was saying like after those where it was more the bad grandpa i think was one of them did you ever see the ringer no, that's <laughs> one I need to put on the list. Though. Yeah, um, I'll look after it and make sure I didn't duplicate um, it. 
But yeah, so uh, that was just something that I read that I was like, yeah, like it is interesting how we can think of it as like deceptive and how like we kind of sometimes do that in our everyday lives. Like I was thinking about that too, thinking about how we both work in higher education and whenever we answer the phone and have to talk to a student, we like put on some performance. You know what I mean? That is true. Uh, People say they have a customer service face. Yeah. And, you know, another face, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, I get that. I do kind of play, not hoity-toity, but, like, I'm here to help you. It's not that I don't want to help you. It's just I had to put on a facade for professional sake. Yeah. Professionalism sake, so. Yeah, like, I'd love to help someone and just be like, yeah, man, like. I wish I could cuss up a fucking storm, but I can't. Exactly. <laughs> and that's uh, my uncle. This is a super side note, but he he doesn't like the fact that I cuss in my podcast. And that's exa- that's exactly kind of the reason that I told him. I was like, I wouldn't be naturally me if I wasn't able to cuss. Yeah. But however, I do know when to tone it down. Like when yeah. I make money off of that, I think I'll, I'll think I'll tone it down yeah. for a little while. But when I'm getting paid and I have no obligation, this is a true form of, I would say art. Yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to cuss up a storm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's just the thing. Like we, you know, put on and take off these different. I don't know. The definition says masquerade, but you could just say mask, really. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Shannon, I think there was one one last question I wanted to ask you before we get into the end of show segments, which is about your thesis, which I had mentioned earlier. Okay. So there, I will put the link in the description uh, for Shannon's thesis, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Go, go, go read it. I think it, I think it's wonderful. The anecdote page that I finished in the homepage, I love it. Can't wait to read the rest. <laughs> There's also like videos, like you don't have to read. I know, stuff. like I know you all those hyperlinks go stuff. on. And a lot of the links um, it was, link it, to what we talked about tonight too. So. See, it's fun because the way that was structured remind me of how I researched for my history papers. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I see that. That's awesome. So, in one, I think it was the anecdote page, you had mentioned, uh, you actually brought up a word that I had. Actually, first I want to mention, it's a side note before the question. You had talked about anecdotes being, uh, anecdotes, the definition, or what, you know, I don't know, Merriam-Webster, I don't know what the fuck they call it. But it's like a short story with a point. Sure. Essentially. Am I right yeah. in that? Uh, I think that's a great way to sum it up. Okay. So with that being said, I I was reading, like, I think there was a certain paragraph that I cut off. And later that night, I was talking with a few people. And I was like, you know, TV shows are like anecdotes. Like, long, not short, but, I mean, 30 minutes in comparison to a day is pretty short. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, oh, my God, they're like anecdotes. And then uh, I hopped back on earlier this morning, getting ready for the podcast. And then a couple paragraphs down, you mentioned TV shows. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. That's a side note, though. But anyway, you, a little bit later down, you mentioned the word, which I had never heard before. It was consubstance. Ah, God damn it. Words. Consubstantiation. 
Consubstantiation. So think of substantial consubstantiation. Which is awesome vocabulary, by (laughs) the way. I love it. I love it. Uh, Please correct me if I'm wrong. But from what I understand, it's you can understand the, the message of an anecdote, though it may not relate to you in a certain way. You maybe you could take pieces or like my dad would say psalms but like words of wisdom from them Ooh, yeah like nuggets right yeah i mean i think that's one good thing that it's more of like a like something that you take away from being consubstantial as something Mm -hmm. but really it's kind of like an act like and it has a lot to do with identification. It all comes from this theorist, Kenneth Burke, who mm-hmm. has a lot of big books that people can probably watch YouTube videos about or something. Um, <laughs> Read the thesis. But so it all stems from the idea of identification, which can be complex, but also it's really just a matter of like, we have this thing in common, so we can get this we can understand where each so we both work in higher education we can Mm -hmm. both understand what it's like when someone calls us and acts like a brat right we might react differently though right uh, another example is we both grew up in the same small town yeah we we're both from the same small town we're gonna probably understand certain people in that town the same way right and So when we do that, we identify with each other. And then I think sometimes when we see something similarly because of that, where that is when you're then consubstantial. So this might be a better example. I'm not sure if you'll relate to it or not, but I don't know if you remember, but when we were in middle school, Mm -hmm. we learned um, abstinence only sex education and like, we can look back and both identify with that experience, but then we can recognize that we had that experience because we were from a small town that, you know, that's probably what a lot of the people there believed. And even though we're like, that's a crock of horse shit, like, <laughs> you know, we understand why we had that experience and we know how to critique it in a similar way because of that. So does that make sense? Abstinence to more safe, safe sex, you know. Yeah, Um, like what I kind of think. I kind of when you say that, I think of maybe also the generational gap, like our age specifically, because we grew up. I think maybe our generation. I don't know the specific generation. I was I was born in ninety four. You were ninety two. Ninety two. I think maybe you're in that cutoff between. Yeah. But anyway, still really close. Point being that we still had some sort of taste of pre-technology before cell phones were right. massive. Right. Like I had a treehouse yes. and I went up in that tree. I mentioned it Same. in the previous podcast. I went up in my treehouse every fucking day. I played outside. I rode my bike around the um, fucking neighborhood. I fucking got into some shenanigans with my friends. I remember scraping the fuck out of my knee one time so bad that I was just like, oh, you know, one of those. Like it's like all yeah. nasty and. But then comparatively with what we have now with smartphones and I'm always on my phone and, you know, ADHD, I'm jumping back and forth from shit. And it's crazy to we were the, we were probably one of the last generations to, to I would say the last generation to see that change or have both of those. Um, the 
analog and the digital. Yeah. And then I think, so we identify with each other on that level, but then like the consubstantiation piece comes Mm -hmm. in with the way we like interpret certain things similarly because of that. Okay. So another good example relating it back to Borat might be that church scene that we both found hilarious because being from where we are, we know that there are people who are legitimately like that. Like I can imagine that there's people who live in cities that are like, people aren't like that you know who probably just think that that was the most staged fakest Mm, scene they've ever seen in their life but we know that there are people like that and we know that like you knew that they were gonna find that joke hilarious like wow (laughs) wow shani like blew my mind that's crazy That's why. That's some deep shit. That's why Borat's so meta and good. Right. Right. Oh my god, Shani blew my mind. Oh my god. First time it's happened on the podcast. Blew my mind right here. Not live, but <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh yeah. Hey, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Talk about that's actually man. People should listen to that if you're studying that because I just explained that really well, better than I ever have. <laughs> you can go back and listen to it after this, so you can write it down later. You don't have your notes, Lordy. Uh, oh, but that wasn't my question necessarily. But I did want to ask you about that because yeah. um, I, I I really love that word. Okay. It's a great oh, vocabulary word. So, I think I'd see that in the GRE. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope not. If if you would ever no. take it anymore. Oh, um, that's funny. That's a higher ed joke too. But yeah, that's um, fair. Anyway, is there is there any real or fictitious person that you would always relate to their thoughts and actions? and not not understanding i don't know if because uh, maybe when i was writing this i had a different viewpoint after you pre-blowing my mind to after blowing my mind i kind of i could always relate to in thoughts or actions any real that's a very good question right off the bat i'm gonna say hold on let me read the question real quick is oh, there sorry. any real person real or fictitious person that you could always relate to in either their thoughts or their actions like it'd be a tv show or right i mean right off the bat i feel like it'd have to be like some sort of fictitious person in order for me to like always relate because i feel like real people true true, you never know what anybody is gonna do if they're real um (laughs) kanye (laughs) okay which is another tiff i wanted to bring up with you about i actually quite enjoy kanye um, I don't hate Kanye. Uh, have you? I want to recommend everybody to go, especially you, Shannon, to go listen to Joe Rogan's podcast with him. I think he's a very, very smart man. However, I think he has the same problem I have and has an attention problem. And he bounces all over the place. However, it's like you were talking earlier about your thesis. Uh, there's a string that he has that kind of goes through all of his work, I guess. Yeah. He's a very smart individual, but he, like I said, he is all over the place. The ideas are all over the place, but they do thread together. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. And I, I don't hate Kanye. And I feel like that just validates my point even further. Like you have this idea of Kanye, but like you're saying, like then he goes on Joe Rogan's podcast and he sounds you know, like a genius, like you just never know what to expect from him. That's why I would never say that there's any oh, real person good point. that I really t- that I could like completely relate or okay. always understand. Okay, like it'd probably have to be someone fake. And oh. I'm trying to think of like who that 
person would be. I'm sure it's going to be a TV show. I'm trying to think myself. and I mean, just like popping into my head, because we were talking about Bob's Burgers earlier, like Gene is like a pretty relatable character. I feel like I always I, thought that as well because I had two two sisters. Like my mom and dad have five kids. And yeah, I have an older sister who's eleven months older, and then a twin sister. So we're three bigger ones, and yeah. they have three kids. And it was me, the boy, and then two girls. Yeah. So I always related to Jean. So I, I mean, and just as a character, like I feel like I, it's just a matter of like understanding a character's motivations. I feel like, and then you can relate to them. Like it's probably easier to relate to a character than it is to like not be able to understand them at all. Like that might be a better answer to this question. So someone I'm thinking about, have you ever watched Mind Hunter? Uh, I have watched bits and pieces with my sister. Yeah. So like the detective guy, like how uh-huh. his mind operates, I don't mm. think I can necessarily relate to it. Like I love watching it. That's uh-huh. part of why I really okay. enjoy this show. Right. But, like, the way he, like, reasons things and, like, sees the world, like, I have trouble seeing it the same way as him. Oh, okay. Okay. No, that's great. I love that answer. And I don't know, like, what in particular, if it's because his character. Because, like, at the same time, like, I don't love Cartman as a character on South Park, but I get him as a character. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you get what they're going for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get like his I'm purpose. Trying to you know what? What jumped to my mind is a True Detective that first season. Um, fuck, have you ever seen it? Yeah. Not Woody Harrelson, the other guy, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. I was like, oh, who the fuck? What? Who is his name? Yeah. Um, uh, his character. Yeah. I kind of share the same uh, feelings. What's uh, that? About like you about get... like I understand where they were going with this character. I didn't necessarily agree with everything. Obviously, I did like the dark nature of it. Yeah, and I knew where they were going with. It. I didn't necessarily like it, but for we shouldn't self censor ourselves just because we're scared. We should you know confront new ideas. But maybe we're just getting off on a tangent, and I'm going. No, I mean I think that's. But but that's kind of like the point of Borat is like you shouldn't censor yourself, but you should also make sure yourself is like not a shit person. Good point. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a nice that's a nice bow on it. I like it. <laughs> Shannon, let's wrap up the end of the show. I am I don't know about you, but I'm getting pretty tired. We've been talking. About we have been Borat talking a long time. So it's long. almost almost two and a half hours. Uh, we've been talking. By now, it'll be two and a half. Anyway, so uh, you mentioned your trivia earlier. I wanted to mention one quick piece of trivia. The police were called 92 times during the production of Borat. God. I wonder how many were like over the same incident, though. I feel like there was not enough times for them to... Well, maybe they're counting ones that like deleted scenes or whatever, but I don't feel like there was a few parts definitely that the police would have been called, like definitely the bagging of um, Pamela and them in that hotel Hotel. fighting naked. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought that was a, that was a fun, quick thing. Let's see. Let's see. Shannon, movie suggestions. So, uh, Shannon, I want to know, do you have a favorite movie or, and or, does Borat make you think of anything? 
Oh, okay. I missed the favorite movie part. I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know if I, well, so I don't know if I would like classify it as, oh, this is my all time favorite movie. But usually when I am with a group of people and mm-hmm. somebody asks me what my favorite movie is, yeah. I say Legally Blonde. I like that movie. Never seen it. Really? Never okay. seen it. It's a cute one. You should say you haven't seen that to me right now. You haven't seen that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I knew something I was going to happen. But, um, so yeah, so I, uh, so Borat makes me think of the first movie I thought of that, like, isn't a Sash Baron Cohen movie is Tropic Thunder. Well, Have you seen that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you see how, like, the scenes in that movie are, like, Borat like you're like I think you would have to give me an example it's heavily flooded with satire and (gasps) oh oh yeah especially like I love the the beginning of that movie when they do the movie trailers for yes that's a great actors in the movie yeah it's funny that's a great point I didn't even think about that I was just thinking of like Tom Cruise's character and Robert Downey Jr.'s characters Mm -hmm. oh yeah good point good point that's what I was thinking of you know Um, that's like I think that's one of the last recorded black faces ever really I well not ever obviously but yeah. Yeah. No. That's at like least you dressed in Trudeau. We're calling you uh, out. Right. Oh, <laughs> Robert Downey. Oh, coming for you. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but so then I also mentioned. So I feel like whenever I think of Sasha Baron Cohen, I forget that he's in Sweeney Todd. He's in Sweeney Todd, and really? he's in Les Mis, the musical, the most the recent m- one. Movie musical. Mm-hmm, the oh. most recent one. There's a couple of versions. What? I think. Really? Yeah. People forget, but he's in those. Is he s- sing? Mm-hmm. Really? Is he a good singer? He's not bad. Really? Yeah, he fits his, like, characters' voices. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And then he's also in uh, Ricky Bobby. People forget oh, that. Oh, you're right. He yeah, is. I, before Ricky this, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, okay, I forgot about that. Before, oh, my gosh. Whenever I was researching, I found that, like, Ricky Bobby was really what, like, made him a household <laughs> name here. And I got oh, a kick out of that. That's fun. Yeah. That's fun. I... Wow, I didn't even notice that. Wow. Uh, let's see. Yeah, like Borat. It reminds me, like, of the few movies that I know that he's done. It. You know, I want to watch Borat too, which you're more than welcome to come over and do another yes movie. But also Bruno. Maybe we can do a double feature. Ooh. Bruno, and then that allergy. I don't know if you said allergy was like a TV show, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a TV show. What is that about? I don't even really know. So it's similar. So that's where like a lot of his characters came from. I can never remember if Borat was one of them. I'm pretty sure Bruno was. Um, and he would. I did hear that one. That is. Yeah, right. I think Borat might have been too. I could be wrong about that. Um, but so he would dress up as these characters and like just do wacky scenes. Like it's basically like. Borat, but with different characters in each scene, if that makes sense. Like, he does different characters. Like, Allergy's a rapper. There's Bruno. Um, there's a scene where he's Allergy, who's like this rapper guy. Right. And he <laughs> meets Donald Trump and like, he tries to sell Donald Trump, um, like ice cream gloves, like gloves that you wear while you eat ice cream so that your hands don't get sticky. <laughs> really? Oh my God. And Donald Trump is just sitting there like, who is this? And like, he doesn't really put up with it. Uh-huh. It's not as funny, but there's some like really funny ones. Yeah. I mean, 
if you proliferated so much, you know, some There's, are going to be ahead, some are. I, w- I was talking about it. I think maybe it was last week on the show that, you know, with all these classic movies that I'm watching, um, I really have to, like, not have any expectations. Like, even watching that trailer before we watched Borat before that, yeah. I was kind of people with myself that I did that because I wanted to go in it with no expectations. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you really got a because, lot from that because I made you stop watching it. Huh? <laughs> I made you stop watching it, remember? Oh, you did, you did. So yeah. I feel like you didn't get, like, too much. I didn't get too much, but it, even so, I had known about it in pop culture, so. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Nonetheless. I think that's it, Shannon. Let's wrap up the show. Firstly, Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the You Haven't Seen That Movie podcast. So we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, also, a big thank you to my guest, Shannon. Thanks for having me, David. Yes. No, no. I'm I'm so glad you came over. Um, Sorry this took like five hours. No, no. Like I said, yeah, you had you had said to me before, Lazy Sunday. Like I said it on the Lazy Devil Wars Prada podcast. Lazy Sunday. You just came on one Lazy Sunday. So no I problem. ready. Yeah, right. Same. But yes, thank you for coming over. It was a blast. You definitely need to come back for either the second one. We had also talked about Hamilton. That's also yes. another one that I'd like to get into. Yes. I really wanted to answer your question earlier with Hamilton, but I just couldn't do it. I don't even remember what the question was. About which one I could relate to always. <laughs> you said, is there someone I could relate to always? Oh, somebody in Hamilton. Are you going to relate to Hamilton? I was going to say, like, like Alexander Hamilton. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but I didn't. Were you about to do it in the singing tone? Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> I love it. Shannon, thank you so much. I love you. Uh, maybe a double feature. Borat 2 Hamilton. That would Heck be a yeah. fun. That would be a fun one. It's been a blast. I can't wait to have you next time. Heck yeah. If you want to show your support for the You Haven't Seen That Movie podcast, consider rating, reviewing, sharing and downloading the podcast uh, really helps with the algorithm also do know we do have a voicemail number it's in the show notes if you'd like to leave a voicemail there's a lot to a lot of cut to chew on in this episode if you want to send your thoughts your uh, reactions and, oh my god <laughs> i would love it especially like i would love water to call because he's like a great conversationalist too yeah, I'd love i would like that i would like to have his opinion he's a real asshole about it He'd though tear us up i know <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true let's see also join the uh, private facebook group the instagram page uh, other than that i don't think there's very much left channel let's end it i gotta watch bob's burgers <laughs> you gotta go watch bob's burgers right we are late oh my god see you next week bye-bye everybody bye <laughs> i love bob's burgers <laughs>